0: On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are back from a holiday break, and boy, do we have some catching up to do, Tate. there is uh, so much, quite a few things, quite a few developments in the world of college basketball. Uh, last night, Purdue lost to Rutgers. Rutgers. Rutgers.
1: Rutgers basketball. Um,
0: yeah, Purdue, the the number one team in the country, uh, lost to Rutgers uh, with Robbie Hummel on the call. If that sounds like if, – if you're saying to yourself, wait, am I listening to an episode – from last year, no, you're not. You're not. That happened last year. It happened this year. The number one Purdue Boilermakers uh, lose a one a one point game to Rutgers. It turns out that history with, with,
1: repeats itself uh, as it's prone to do. And Robbie Hummel, I mean, we're we're close to the to the time where we have to call it the <laughs> Curse. I think Robbie should not be calling these games.
0: I don't know why that's so funny. It must be because we like know Robbie personally. And, but just like to have an all time legend on the call when the, the, the two seasons that you've been number one. Uh, in the history of the program and one of your all-time legends is there calling the game <laughs> and he loses the number. I shouldn't be laughing. I'm a Purdue booster. I'm very torn right. up by what happened. Right. Um, also the number two team Tate uh, at the time, the Yukon Huskies, they lost at Xavier. Yukon uh, was a team that was blowing everybody out. That was kind of the narrative around this team. Uh, the blowout came for them ish. Not really. They weren't blown out, but they lost by 10. So, you know, if you're a Xavier fan, you're like, that's a blowout. Double digits, yeah, yeah and, double and digits.
1: For a lot of people in the national media, they finally saw the fact that Shawn Miller is alive and well, and he is back at Xavier, and it feels like deja vu, and he's a winner again. In, in a not world only is he where Sean Miller was dead, he's back and better than ever.
0: Not only is he back at Xavier, he is there. Is like this push the the, the image makeover? He's already locked up the image makeover of the year, Duffy. The I agree. The, he, he's turned into like an underdog, likable. Um, and, and I'm not, I I'm just observing, I'm not like fighting either side. That was always the hilarious part of the Schleybach Miller stuff is like, I didn't, I like, I, I Schleybach was obviously in over his head with the, the journalism he was doing. And that was hilarious to me. But then also I was like, I'm not going to go to bat for Sean Miller of all people. Like Sean Miller's not, he's not Tony Bennett, you know, like I'm not going (laughs) to, uh, but somehow he's positioned himself as like a 20 minute typer. Right. He's like everyone loves the him. most lovable. He's like the most lovable guy. And everyone wants to pinch his cheeks and hug him. Then they're like, let's mic up Sean Miller. Let's cut to Sean Miller. And he's like, you motherfuckers. Are fucking <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. He's like slamming his, his <laughs> down. And they're like, Oh, Sean Miller, look how in love with the game. He is. Yeah.
0: It's so good to see him back at Xavier, that lovable guy. Um, but no, man, it was a good win, and he he coached circles around Dan Hurley, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, oh, we and, will and talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> we we will definitely talk about that. Uh, but quickly, Tate, just to run a quick recap of everything that that I, I jotted down: Kansas uh, needed a miracle to beat Oklahoma State. We almost got the Bill Self special in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Houston had a close game against UCF. Uh, Texas scrapes by Oklahoma. That was a close one. Uh, Arizona was blowing out Arizona State until they weren't. Until they weren't. weren't. <laughs> until they weren't. And that that rivalry is is wild. I don't know how every single game at Arizona State always seems to like be uh, uh I guess wonky would be the word Tate um right, but it, it 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 uh it, it that that that's always crazy. UCLA survives against Washington State of all teams. New Mexico, uh, our last undefeated team, was almost not undefeated. They needed a a last second bucket to beat Wyoming. Baylor's blown out at Iowa State. Kentucky's season is already over, and John Calipari is officially fired by Kentucky fans. He's just gonna right. keep doing the job. Right. Throughout the rest of the year, I guess. Uh, the the point is, there's a ton to catch up on. We're gonna do our best to do that today. But first, Woody Durham. All right, it is uh, Tuesday morning. We are back from. Uh, it's been a long break. It's way too long. I don't know Wait. what the hell happened. Who do we blame for this? Like, we blame. I, I don't know. I think I, it goes all know. the way to the top, to- it,
1: and I never yeah. know who the top is. But I feel like at one point we decided it was VCU, so I will blame VCU and or Condoleezza Rice because I feel like Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice, yeah is hot is a hot topic again. Everyone wants to hire her, so let's let's just point to her. I mean, Dude, that's how
0: about a. It's been so long that like there was there was something that happened in in our world that I felt like would have led the show and been like twenty minutes of the show and and it, if not for you just mentioning right, Rice says Condoleezza Rice's name I would have completely forgotten about it and we probably wouldn't have even talked about it at all today, but Kevin Warren is apparently doesn't want to be the Big Ten commissioner anymore and wants to get back into the NFL and. Uh, if you're a, if you're a true friend of the program, you see that story and your mind goes immediately one place, and you say Commissioner Condoleezza. That's where right. that's where we're headed. Right. <laughs> <Condoleezza's>. <laughs> Why is she going to be the Big Ten commissioner? How does it make any sense? Nobody knows. Nobody that's, cares. Yeah. It's just going to happen. I mean, I think like people who aren't people who don't <laughs> follow our show are like it's probably Gene Smith. I mean, when you look at the or Barry Alvarez, you know, like You you think of like the the power players in the Big Ten in the administrative world. Like those are two names that come to mind as guys who might replace Kevin Warren if he goes back to the NFL. No, not the case. I'm here to tell you it's going to be Condoleezza Rice. My sources have confirmed she is the can if if Tate. Yeah. That is assuming if uh she doesn't also coach the Denver Broncos.
1: Right, she's up if for every. She, if job. she
0: coaches the Broncos, she will yeah. not be the Big Ten commissioner.
1: Well, she's she's <laughs> the greatest leader we've ever seen, so she can honestly <laughs> do anything, which I I do appreciate that fact. I also love that everyone is saying that Kevin Warren is going to be uh, the CEO of the Bears. I didn't even know that was a position. By yeah, the way, yeah, I didn't either. The CEO of the Bears, and he's going to hire Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach. That is, well, there uh, you go. Rumors are swirling. Uh, it's a Big Ten takeover in Chicago. <laughs> um congratulations to the big 10 and all the big 10 faithful you did it it just means more we we now run the bears uh i like that the big 10 runs that reminds
0: the me it it reminds me when uh uh brad stevens was no longer the celtics coach and then I, what, what is brad's title is he the president he's not because because like danny was the, the president, president and right and then the
1: gm right isn't he both does it doesn't he have both titles or i don't i
0: don't know one? but then but then it dawned on me like when he when he when he stopped being the coach and then he went to the front office and I was like holy shit did he get fired and like demoted but then like you know the Boston media machine was like oh my god what a great promotion for Brad Stevens right I was like is it I thought Danny A I th- like what the hell's going on here uh, but then Danny goes to Utah but then like every time the Celtics would do anything good everyone would be like this is Danny Ainge at work again so I was like is Danny Ainge working for Utah and Boston at the same I'm, it's all very confusing and then. <laughs> <laughs> the same sort of thing happens, like with Jerry West, where like Jerry West is like somehow whatever team he's working for, he is somehow like, and Pat Riley's this way a little bit, where like right. they're somehow they like the, the guru, credit. they pull the strings for, they, they're somehow coaching the team, making all the trades, mm-hmm. selling the popcorn, but then also like they, they have like a more removed role, and they're they're doing a great job of delegating and not really doing anything. And what is their title? We're not really sure. It's president, but it's also GM, but it's a, I don't know. It's all confusing. And Jerry what is West, there, what's like the between president and GM, I guess? No, there's no, was, I, I felt, I felt that way too. I, another one that comes to mind is Larry Bird with the Pacers. Like I, like when he stopped coaching the Pacers, I had no idea what the hell Larry Bird, I didn't even know if he was on the payroll anymore. Like he would just, like he would always sit in that same seat at Canseco Fieldhouse next to the tunnel and cry. Like we talked about the one time the guy oh. crossing his arms, leaning up against the wall. That's who runs That was it. Larry Bird at Conseco Fieldhouse. Uh, and, and, they would cut to him during Pacers games and be like, Larry Bird's done a masterful job. I'm like, what is his job? I, I was, I remember watching the games, and be like, I, I agree, I love Larry Bird. He's, he's, I, I, you know, if the Pacers ever do anything, I'm going to always give Larry Bird the credit, even now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but good like, pick with Matt like, Matt Larry Bird gets that, credit. that. That was a good yeah, read. Like, Matt Larry Bird thought, he saw it.
0: <laughs> But can someone explain to me what he's actually doing? I don't understand. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Let's talk about Purdue. Um, Purdue boy, the makers lost last night. To we're Rutgers. staying in Indiana.
1: Um, we'll stay in Indiana. We get, we go from the Pacers. Yeah, and we're all right. In the tunnel, right. To, you know, Mackey, Mackie arena where all things are possible If Robbie Hummel was on the call.
0: The number one team in the country goes down. And uh, I, I, I want to say this cause I, I want to start um, with uh, uh, this is ultimately going to be positive. It's going to sound like negative. It's going to sound like I'm hating on Purdue, but I'm not. Um, it's, it's just going to take a, just come with me on a ride. Fellow Purdue fans. Um, because I, I, it's ultimately going to be a positive tape, but I, I think, I think this was needed for Purdue for this specific Purdue team. They needed to, because, lo- um, it, I, it, I think UConn needed to lose. We'll talk about UConn in a second. That's that's like a different sort of thing. But Purdue, uh, this is this is not the number one team in the country. This is not this is not a team that um I think should even have national title aspirations, Tate. I and I, I. Again, this sounds like I'm a hater. This sounds like how could you say that they have the best player in the country, far away, runaway national player of the year. They were the second to last undefeated team. Um, They look to be the heavy favorites in the Big Ten on and on and on. I, I think what happened with Purdue is it went so far like coming into the season. Uh, there were so many questions about the backcourt. There were so many questions about the, 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 the production loss. You lose Jay and you lose Travion Williams, uh, Stefanovic who was up and down, but was a, was a big time shooter if nothing else for Purdue. Um, The, the Eric Hunter leaves, you know, like there, there's so many guys that there, there's so much roster turnover um, that, that, that there's just questions around Purdue. Right. And, and you have these freshmen stepping in uh, and, and, it, it's just unknown whether Braden Smith and and, and Fletcher Lawyer, like are those guys going to be good enough to carry? And early returns are great, Tate. And we see it, the PK-85, Purdue's beating Gonzaga. They're beating Duke. They look unstoppable. Everything's rolling. And I think like so, it, it all happened way too fast where Purdue went from like a, I hope, like if you're a Purdue fan, you're sitting there saying, I hope we can like, I, I don't know, be competitive, but like you're like, I hope we can we can be at the top of the Big Ten. That's the goal. It's like, I want to be a... I want to compete in the big 10 this year. Um, hopefully our young guys can develop, uh, but this is kind of a rebuilding year for us to so suddenly they're coming out of PK 85. Like we're the best team in the country. And we're going to win the national championship. And I think somewhere along the line, some perspective was lost where th- there was just a, an, an, an absurd unfair expectations placed on two freshman cards that frankly, again, this is going to sound like I'm saying these, I I love both of those guys. Absolutely love them. they are, they are, uh, they are the they're the two type of guys that they're Indiana, guards. they're Indiana kids, dude. They right. are, they are as, as you know, when, when I did the, every time I talk about basketball in the state of Indiana, I go, I go fucking crazy because it's like one of the most important things in the world to me is like the Jimmy Chitwood brand of basketball. That's, that's me. That's who I am at my core. Uh, watching those two dudes play, watching, watching what Purdue basketball has become under Matt painter is fun for me as a native Indiana guy. But, um, I I think like somewhere along the line like the 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 hype train, pun intended, with Purdue, uh, got got out of control, and I think like we we needed to step back and say, wait a second, they're starting two freshmen in the backcourt who uh, up to, uh, who who are are going to be four year guys probably, maybe one of them's a three, maybe like one of them's like a Kyle on the Kyle Guy path, you know, like where. They, they, in year three, they, they blow up and it's like, I'm not a first round pick, but like, damn, what else is there for me to do here? I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to try my hand at professional, but but they're probably four year guys. And if you think about like any other situation with any other team, they, they have no, this Purdue team has zero NBA players on it, probably. Maybe Zach Eady gets, gets a chance, you know, but there, there's, there's like no NBA players on the roster. They're starting two freshmen in the backcourt. Um, and, and you, and you start like looking at the checklist and you're like, why were we why were we saying this is the number one team that's that should be the national title favorite? This is insane, isn't it? Like, shouldn't we wait a little bit to like see how everything plays out? And I guess my ultimate point, Tate, is like I, I think this is a good reset for Purdue to, to lose to Rutgers. Big game coming up on Thursday, by the way. I guess Ohio State. Like, I we can talk about that towards the end of the show, maybe. But uh I, I think they just needed like to to reset the expectations that, that there is like a a carryover from last year where you're ranked number one. Uh, obviously, the 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 St. Peter's loss leaves a terrible taste in the mouth of Purdue fans, and now you're back to being number one this year, and you're like, ha ha, we did it, right. suck it, haters! Like you thought we were, and and I don't think that was the right mindset to have with this team. I think it was supposed to be like, wow, this is great, this is this is fun that we are better than I thought we were, but let's not get too carried away and say that like, hey, two hey you two freshman guys that aren't future NBA players carry us to a national championship, which is literally never happened ever. This never happened and in the history of college basketball. The two freshman guards that aren't going to be in the NBA have carried a team to a national title. So why should we expect that now? You know, is that yeah, fair?
1: That, that's very fair. Cause first and foremost, I love the lawyer family and I love the lawyer family because of their confidence. And there was a moment in this game where they cut to Matt Painter's huddle and they were telling a story on the broadcast, you know, Robbie's telling the story where, you know, Matt Painter said that Fletcher lawyer, if he had half of his confidence, you know, he would be a happy man, right? That That is the kind of confidence that Fletcher Lawyer plays with. Hit a clutch three late in this game. Made some clutch free throws after missing two free throws, mm-hmm. right? He showed some, some moxie uh, in the moment. So I, I like Fletcher Lawyer. I like Braden Smith. I think they actually run the offense that Matt Painter wants to run, maybe more so than what we saw last year when you have a talent like Jaden Ivey who's like, I'm just going to go get a bucket, right? Well, that that's that's not always what you want to do when you have this, this offense that's moving and there's a lot of back cuts and things like that. So in general, I like what Purdue has, but they are freshman guards. And in a moment like this where you have a tough Rutgers team, Matt Painter after the game is like, I kept preaching these guys. They're going to come here. They're going to be ready to fight. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. But when you're freshman, you hear all that, and you're like, okay, and it kind of falls on deaf ears. And then you learn that lesson, and then you move forward, and I feel like that's right. what we're waiting for with this Purdue backcourt. They're going to have to learn some lessons. They're going to have to figure it out, and that's why I said on our last show, I didn't want Zach Eady to be number one on my list. I didn't want Purdue to be number one because I wanted them to keep fighting and have that chip on their shoulder. I didn't want them to be the ones that are being hunted. They deserve to have some time to be the hunters, and it just flips right. So- because they're such a well-oiled machine as a group and as a team and as a program that they kind of just jumped ahead of schedule. And then they put themselves in a tough position. We were hoping, we were texting, that we had all eyes on January 5th because they're going to come to Ohio State, they're going to come to Columbus, they're going to play a top-20 team, and they're maybe going to get, you know, that lesson learned then on the road. But instead, Rutgers comes to them. They still might. They, they
0: still might, they still they bite, still by might. the way. <laughs> they
1: still, they still might. But being number one and having that target on your back is tough. And Zach Eady started playing basketball when he was 15. He has the highest PER in the country by a mile. It's like 40 right now, which is insane. I mean, he's doing historic stuff. But at the same time, there's still this next phase of Eady that you want him to get to where that dominance doesn't have to be pushed. Those buttons don't have to be pushed. He just kind of has it. Um, obviously, foul trouble played a bit in this game, but Rutgers came at them with physicality. They're not going to back down from anyone. Steve Peichel is a really good basketball coach, and Matt Painter said he tried to preach before the game to get ready for this. They weren't ready, and Rutgers basketball does it again. I mean, now it's becoming a theme at this point, Titus. Well, and I mean, I Rutgers... have to be annoyed. Rutgers,
0: the Big Ten people know this at this point. Peichel, his Rutgers program is, is not a joke at all. It's not a, no. it's not a uh, you know, if I, I think you're you is. don't want
1: to play Rutgers. I mean, that's pretty much the rule now.
0: No, I mean, Rutgers is, Rutgers is, th- th- this isn't fluky what they do. They do this, the, I, the, the Rutgers problem is they, uh, they have, they just have a talent ceiling, you know, like they, they, so, so they're never going to, uh, you know, compete for final fours, uh, uh, th- this team. I mean, like this, this current iteration, the last few years of record basketball we've seen, you know, like I, I I don't mean to say in the future, they can't get some New Jersey kid to stay in state and, you know, ride him to the final four or something, but, uh, their issue is, is they're never going to be like the elite of the elite of college basketball. So um, I, I feel like to the outside world, you see Rutgers obviously doesn't have a ton of great history with basketball and they're, they're unranked more often than not even now when they have good teams that you see Purdue lose to a Rutgers and you and you scoff and you laugh. You're like, how, yeah, how does this yikes. keep happening? Yeah. But anybody that pays any attention to big time basketball and watches the way Rutgers play, like they, they are just tough as hell, man. They, they are, they are a nightmare to play against. And that's what I, I was trying to explain this to my dad when, when, when Indiana lost to Rutgers. And he's like, the season's over. I'm like, dad, you've been watching Rutgers. Like you saw Rutgers going to assembly hall last year and Ron Harper splashed a three in your face and grabbed his nuts. And so, you know, like, this is not, <laughs> this is nothing new. Like how many times do we have to see this from Rutgers before we're like, Oh, okay. Maybe this isn't a fluke. Maybe they just have like a good culture in that program. And they have guys, like I said, their, their ceiling is, is not very high. But when when you play the way they, they can muck it up. Tate. they can they they play physical. They play great defense. They're they're hard nosed dudes. They they um they're experienced. Mulcahy is like the, Mulcahy and and uh, uh, Cam Spencer, the dude that hit the the three for the the yeah. transfer for Rutgers that, that hit the the three to win the game ultimately. Those guys are both just tough as nails, man. And and Caleb McConnell, I love. He didn't really necessarily play great against Purdue, but uh, Amarui is obviously their best player. But like it's it's. That that culture that they have there is 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 such that like these sorts of things should not be surprising. But I think to the outside world, maybe they still are. And hopefully, beating Purdue for the second straight year as as the number one team in the country, uh, still, like th- this won't be a joke anymore. Like it, I not not that it is a joke, you know what I'm saying? Like it is. Right. There, there's just like a sense of like they have two top. Right like is records over
1: Indiana and now over number one? Yeah. Team. This season, that's what they own here. the state of Indiana, dude. Right, New Jersey, New they Jersey, own the state of Indiana, we are basketball at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they 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 uh, the I, IU I Rutgers owns IU, and I think at this point, having knocked off Purdue twice now and back to back years as number one team, I think it's fair to say they own Purdue. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just think with Purdue, like it's it's some perspective is is nice, some uh, take a deep breath. Uh, I think Purdue fans are going to be fighting the fight all year of a narrative building that, that they are a one man team and it's Zach Eadie and a bunch of bombs. I won't do that to them. Like, I don't think that's, that's not fair. Cause I do like the guys around them. And I think, uh, um, you know, they're going to be very good, but like, like you said, they the, the, the development got rushed. It got like, we should be, this, this is a, it, it you come into this fun. season. It should still be having fun. It should yeah, be. It's, this is fun. Like team. we're having fun. Yeah. If, If Purdue doesn't lose, like what's happened, unfortunately, is now if Purdue doesn't go to the final four this year after being ranked number one in the country, it's LOL Purdue all over again. And it's like you guys choked it away, which is like, I don't think I don't think Purdue not making the final four this year is a choke. I don't think that would be a choke. Last year it was, you know. But this year, I don't think it's fair to put those expectations on this team. I do think these guards, uh you know, not to not to cut Ethan Morton out of the equation who who uh, can you know I, I I like his game under certain contexts and I like his role within this team. but
1: right. uh, these freshman guards he's like a spacer. I, he doesn't do I, much else. He plays yeah and he's a spacer yeah
0: i I think in next year, maybe two years, like they're juniors, they're senior whatever they're gonna talk talk to me then i, I will i will one hundred percent buy the idea of them leading purdue to a national championship. I just it, it, I I can't get there, dude. I can't. And I know Edie's awesome, and I know he's, like, I, Edie is the best player in the country. He's going to win National Player of the Year. Uh, Drew Drew Timmy's been playing well lately, and there are guys that are, you know, are, are going to have their say by the end of the season, but I, I don't see Edie's production dropping off anytime soon, and as long as it doesn't, he's going to win National Player of the Year. Um, So I get that, but, like, you need guard play. You need shooting. Purdue's not shooting the ball particularly well. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer has a lot of a lot of uh, freshman year John Deebler vibes to him, where you know he's a great shooter. You know, like you'd see, like he's shooting like six threes a game, and he, and when he, you know, like he's got a great looking jump shot, and when it goes in, you're like, yeah, this guy is a knocked. Is this Larry Bird? He's kind of got a Larry Bird face, a young Larry Bird face to him, um, but he's also like shooting thirty percent from the three point line. So you're like, what's going on here? I thought you're a good shooter. Uh, I I just think they're they're a year or two away with these guys next year. You know, the year after, whatever. That like suddenly everything's been rushed and there's been unfair expectations. So I, I think this is ultimately a good thing. I hope that Purdue fans take a deep breath. They say we can still win the Big Ten, but there was just this talk, dude. Especially with like IU not looking as great as we thought they would, and Illinois has fallen off a cliff, and Michigan was had preseason expectations, and they're 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 a mess. Uh, whatever. I was, gonna, I was gonna, never mind. Just the mere mention of Michigan basketball just like yeah i don't know i, I like do I, wanna, yeah. do I want to do i want to do the 25 minute tangent no let's not let's, let's, let's <laughs> just stay on topic here uh but there there is a sense Tate, like like as 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 january approached that it is purdue and it is everybody else in the big 10 and there is a mile gap between purdue and the rest of the league and yada 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 that is unfair for both the rest of the teams in the league who are good like ohio state i, I i'm i'm starting to like what i'm seeing out of the buck state the big 10 is good uh, there are other teams that can compete to win the Big Ten title, but also it's unfair to do that to Purdue to be like you guys are head and shoulders better in the Big Ten. If you lose more than two Big Ten games this year, you're frauds. You're you suck. You know, I don't. I don't think that's fair to do that to. Those. So I I think this game, everybody take a deep breath, adjust your expectations. You can still win the Big Ten. You can still have a great. Let's not pretend like this group of guys should should be a national title or bus team. It's just that's just not what they should be
1: yeah when Brandon Newman is the guy that's got to hit a shot late for you to win, I, I don't feel like yeah. you're a national title or bus type team. And also you know, I think if you made a final four for the first time since 1980, that would be a good first step. And I think maybe with Edie and and things falling right in a bracket, you could do that. So I mean, you don't want to completely you know sell yourself short, but at the same time, don't have these. if we don't win the title, we suck. yeah, uh, you know th- we, we've already gone through that. we don't need that. My question to you is if you are Robbie Hummel, you work for ESPN. They call you next year. Purdue's number one, let's say again. Rutgers is up there. Do you say, yes, I would like to call this game? Because I, I think at this point, if I'm Robbie, I'm saying, I would like to watch this within the comfort of my own. <laughs> own uh, or I would like to go to the game. Well, game.
0: okay, so here's I the do problem. Not want with, to call this game. Here's the problem with that. Um, if Robbie doesn't call the game against Rutgers, he's Purdue's ranked number one. He's, he's a Dodger. Uh, <laughs> and also, if Purdue wins, then it's confirmed. Then it's, it's 100% right. confirmed that he is the curse. Whereas I think I think you I think if you're Robbie, you got to just keep stepping into the batter's box and hoping you can get a base hit. And then, you know, everyone's like, dude, you're hitting He's playing one, the odds. Yeah, you're hitting one
1: five times in a row. Rutgers has beaten number one Purdue five years in a row. Yeah. Uh, but that, then,
0: but I'm so I'm saying you're, you're. But then, like when it happens, you're like, right. uh, yeah, I'm hitting 197, but I'm also on a one game history because I just got a base. It, you know, like so let's talk about like. But I'm hot. Don't let me get hot. you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> we just right. won the one. It's like so Fletcher
1: I, Lawyer shooting a three. You're like, yeah, it's yeah. gotta go in. it Looks too good.
0: <laughs> you put to, no. I mean Fletcher Lawyer. And you put together all of his makes, and you're like, this guy is this guy the best shooter in the country? Um, and you know, I I. I Unfortunately, I think you could have a lot of guys you put together there. Makes when you make shots, Tate, it looks, looks good. Better. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Purdue. I you know Purdue. Purdue's is gonna be good. I like Purdue. Purdue is is a uh, is is a fun team. They're still a fun team. That's what's that's what's crazy. It's like they, they are a very fun team. They are they've been a revelation in a lot of ways. Like of, of a team that that came out of nowhere and and has won my heart in a lot of ways. Like you said, they play Indiana brand of basketball. Um. But it's it's unfair to, to to put lofty expectations on a on a group that starts two freshman four year guards that's just like insane like in what other context would that you know even even if it was even if it was duke or kentucky or carolina if carolina was starting two freshman guys that you thought were four year guys that are showing that are not on any mock drafts or any you know like if 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 you or i texted vicini or or koc right now like what are your thoughts on on braden smith they'd be like who oh, i would. koc <laughs> what
1: He's like, i then he's going to come back and say, Give me Peyton, Pritchard, yeah, yeah. Mark, shades of Peyton, Pritchard. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I, and again, like, he could be, he could end up being that. So, I don't want Purdue fans to take this to wrong. I'm not saying like this guy's a but he's not, he's a great basketball player. He could, Braden Smith could play in the NBA eventually, eventually is the word though. And, and he, and, and you got to give them time to develop. And, um, and, and, and unfortunately, when you, when you throw a number one ranking on a team, you don't get any more time. Now all eyeballs are on you. And if you can't deliver every single night, you're fraudulent and you're phony. And and that's where we've arrived. And it's hard. Drew, it's guess, hard for freshmen to lead.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, it's hard for freshmen to lead. And I think Gillis or Newman or someone like that is going to have to be the quote unquote vocal leader for these guys. And we'll see what happens with that. Maybe it's Mason Gillis. I think
0: Ethan Morton
1: or Ethan Morton, right? Ethan you know I Ethan Morton
0: could be the guy. Yeah. I think Ethan Morton's kind of the, he's kind of like the wild card. Cause he's not, I don't know, man. Ethan Morton's an interesting dude because he's got the uh uh his, his he's he's a little bit of a like a do everything type thing, but then sometimes you you wonder if, if that's because he can't really do anything. He does <laughs> nothing. Yeah, the line between doing everything and doing nothing is very blurry with him. You know, yeah, and, yeah.
1: I agree. And it's confusing
0: sometimes from game. That's to game. how I
1: feel watching game. And then like Robbie Hummel's like this guy. Look at yeah. the spacing that he creates, and I'm like, I guess, I guess he does do that. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, we can move on.
0: Let's move on. That uh, that was supposed to be dominant in the best team of the country and uh, uh, took a loss and is now fraudulent. Uh, UConn Xavier, New Year's Eve. Um, Xavier wins by 10, 83-73 in a game that uh, I felt I felt it wasn't... I, I, I teased the idea of it being a blowout because it was a double digit win. It wasn't a blowout, tape, but I did feel like Xavier was very close to dominating this game in this, in this sense, Tate, that Xavier set the terms of the game from the start right. um, and outside of the 16 to five run to end the first half when uh, funny enough, it goes to, we, we get Sean Miller mic'd up in the huddle and he's like, this team will go on a run against us. It's coming. I'm telling you boys, the run is coming. They do it to everybody. They're going to do it. Don't let them do it. The run is coming. Don't do it. And all the guys are nodding. They're like, yeah, yeah, got gotcha, you. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. And then immediately you of go on a 16 run to take the lead into half. And I'm like, this is so perfect. Um, but but outside of that stretch, that like five-minute stretch to close the first half, Xavier was in control of the game. And the scoreboard might not say that because uh, you know, like it was it was sort of a close game throughout, but in, in the in the way like the, the the terms of like the way the game was being played, it felt like Xavier had control of this. It felt like uh from the start, for example, like Xavier, it was very clear to me that their strategy was let UConn shoot threes. Let let especially Andre Jackson shoot threes. Like leave him wide open. Uh, you know, you don't want to let Hawkins get going. It's not like, like Caraban and Hawkins and Connecticut and Cal-
1: takes 37 threes in this game. Yeah. That was obviously the strategy.
0: I'm not saying they're letting like Calcaterra just be wide open all day, but like that that was that was if, if Connecticut jacks threes and isn't playing through Sonogo, isn't driving the basketball and is just content passing around and jacking up threes whether they go in or not, we're gonna be happy with that. They hit they hit thirteen threes out of thirty seven today. So like Connecticut was hitting. um but that was Xavier's game plan and and i'm I'm losing my mind. like the part of me that's like it loves this Connecticut team and loves like what we've seen from them so far. I'm like losing my mind watching this game. like how are you how are you falling into this trap over? and over? Andre Jackson just kept kept saying like, wow, I'm wide open. I should shoot it. Wow, I'm wide open. I should shoot it. Wow, I'm wide. Open. And he hit four, I guess, which is like, he he's one of those guys that it's funny because when he hits, you're almost like this is bad news for us if you're a Connecticut fan because it means he's going to think he's he's hot today, so he's going to keep shooting. Um, but but yeah, that that was that was Xavier's game plan from the start. They were the tougher team. They 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 had the home crowd. It was. It, 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 I don't know. It was just a game that it felt like Xavier was in the driver's seat, whether the scoreboard dictated that or not. It just like the the, the tone of the game felt like Xavier was in control and, and you were optimistic if you're a UConn fan that you could like steal the win in the end. But uh, in, in terms of like the vibe and who felt good about that game, I would say, you know, Xavier obviously won by 10, but even when it was like tied with five minutes left or whatever, I felt like Xavier was was still outplaying them. Is that a fair assumption? To, to
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, Xavier definitely dominated this game in a sense where you, you just felt like it was inevitable they were going to win, and that's why when Dan Hurley got the technical foul that he did, that was basically game. And a lot of Connecticut fans were like, "That lost us the game," but the, the game was already in my ha- it was already in the hands of Xavier. I thought they were going to win anyway, and Dan Hurley did Dan Hurley things uh, as expected in a critical moment. And I'll be honest with you, I watched the Villanova UConn game before. And Dan Hurley at one point, they have the camera on him and he's he's talking to the official and he says four straight times, you're an effing clown. You're an effing clown. You're an <laughs> effing clown. You're an effing clown. And the official just stands there, does nothing, like just tries to ignore him, I guess as best he can, runs back down on the other end of the court. And I said to myself, yes, UConn is the number two team in the country. They're undefeated. They're dominating everyone. But eventually, this act is going to wear thin, right? That That is the Dan Hurley story, as is tradition, as it's always been. And as he was on the road in an environment that Sean Miller also was trying to work the officials, I just felt like he wore thin. And they started calling a lot of fouls on Connecticut. That physicality turned against them. And I think it came a lot from Dan Hurley, right? I mean, that's that's who Dan Hurley is. But but in this environment, as we know how college basketball works, it's the perfect time to throw it in his face. And they did. The officials definitely did. I mean, you look at the discrepancy in free throws. I mean, it's all there for you. But that also comes from the way that Connecticut plays. So I don't know. This game to me... Felt like the perfect folly of why you get worried about this UConn team. It's not really the talent. It's not really the depth because we know they have the best depth in the country. I think they could easily win a national championship. But there is that certain level or that certain layer with this team, with this group that Dan Hurley is unhinged. He's always been. Unhinged, <laughs> but he is. He is Dude, on another level. Was, and if he finds the, if he finds one of those games where he loses it a little too much, it can cost you the game. And we saw. I was, it
0: I was watching the game at a bar with a buddy that doesn't necessarily follow college basketball super closely, but uh, like sports, you know? Like, uh, right. And, and uh, we're we're watching the game and, and Hurley gets teed up and he goes, I missed it. What did he do? And I was like, I don't think he did it. I think he's Dan Hurley. I think like, And I was like trying to explain to him like, <laughs> like this is one of the guys that like Hurley's one of them. I, there there are a lot of coaches that are, are this way, but like her, the Hurley brothers are, are in a league of their own. I guess Musselman's up there with them, but um, Mick, Mick, Mick Cronin from time to time, but Cronin usually
1: Izzo can be this way, right? I mean, there's certain there's certain coaches but, that use, use technical fouls as like a way to get like a to send a signal to send a sign. Yeah. There's other coaches that are you know motherfucking the officials the entire game, like Dan right. Hurley.
0: And eventually, right, they, yeah, exactly.
1: Eventually, it wears if, thin, and they're like technical foul.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like with with Izzo and like Cronin, even it feels like they they are a slow burn and then they get to the point where they just explode, you know, and they, they They're lose their minds. Game. And, yeah. um, but Hurley, it's like, he's, he's, he's that way the entire game. And it just wears. And and then, so the technical is not about like that particular incident. So then when he gets teed up, he and Yukon fans are like, what, what did I do? All I said was fuck your mother. Like uh, you're going to tee me up for that. <laughs> It's like Dan, you said this. This is the twelfth time you said this to me. Right. You said this, to, you know.
1: And I saw a lot of people saying that what he said was like great call or something like that. But it's yeah. like, when you, but like when he's sarcastically saying that after chastising these officials since they yes. they missed an and one on the first play in his mind, right? Like eventually you're like, it's, dude, shut the hell up. It's
0: not. It's not any one thing. It's the accumulation of things. Um. So yeah, here here's I, I I don't think UConn needs to. I'm, I'm going to use the word fixed because uh, whatever, but it's it's not that dramatic. They're not broken, but uh, if no, if they not were, here's how here's here's how UConn, unlike Purdue, UConn should have very serious national title aspirations. They should th- this team should say we it's not screw it, it is national title or bust. It doesn't mean I guess you're not a you're not a failure if you don't. But like that should be your mindset inside the locker room. It's like we we are trying to win a national championship. We are good enough to win the national championship. And they should they should think that they are the best team in the country, uh. But they they got to clean up some things. Number one, Tate, as you said, Dan Hurley's got to. I, I get that's who he is. I get that that showing the emotion, like he 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 gets the players going. I love all of that. I'm not trying to tell the tiger to change his stripes. I'm trying trying to tell the tiger to not bite the officials
1: head off. That's all I'm trying to do. T- <laughs> right, right.
0: I'm trying to tell you be a tiger. Definitely be a tiger. But like, let's not.
1: Sometimes it's funny to just like sit back and like observe everyone. Let's not
0: time. run into the orphanage and maul all the kids, you know. Like let's not do that. Let's let's just, sit back. Let's, let's just sit back and chill a little bit. Um, I I would say there was a sense to UConn early in the season that they had they were a chip on the shoulder team. You know, like they were the team that was uh, picked to finish fourth, I think, in the Big East. Um, and they took that personally, Tate. And and this is a team that that they they saw all the preseason. Clippings and and what you said about them and they're 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 coming and and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that 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 somewhere along the line that 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 edge has been lost and and there's like a sense of of that that's what I saw in the Xavier game is like a a let's hold it together a, a UConn yeah. team that was a little softer that the 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 defensive edge was gone the uh the the chip on the shoulder was gone they were the team that was playing a little more finesse basketball I I want the toughness back. Um, we need that back, and we need to not shoot a thousand threes. I, and and Andre Jackson needs you need like a, a five three limit on him. I don't care if he goes if he goes five for five. He's the one guy I'm making an exception for on my rule. If you're shooting forty percent, if you're shooting better than forty percent, keep shooting. He's the one guy I'm making an exception. If Andre Jackson is five for five from the three point line. Stop it. You get five a game. That's it. You're done. I don't care what the circuit. I don't care if we're down three with two seconds left and you catch the ball and you're wide open. Pass it. <laughs> you yeah, get I mean, five threes. That's it. Hard and fast rule.
1: I mean, shooting 30 plus threes is soft. I mean, that means you're not going to the basket. That means you're not being physical. And like you said, that that's what this team was about, especially in the front court. And uh, I mean, this, I mean, Fremantle and Nunji, I mean, they had a good game. They both played well. You know, Xavier's good. Xavier's a good right, team. Right. And Xavier's ranked 18, and when we started this podcast, we said that there are some things that always hit right. And one thing that always hit was <laughs> Cincinnati being 17 or Xavier being 18 or vice versa, and the fact that Shaw Miller got Xavier right where they want to be again <laughs> tip of the cap, tip of the cap, they're back at 18. I love that.
0: Yeah, Sully Boom, the uh, the transfer from uh, UTEP for Xavier has been uh, uh, kind of a come out of nowhere guy. Like he's he's <laughs> he he somehow has has uh you know he, he's a guy that like when he he transferred from a school like utep to xavier you assume his production is going to fall off a cliff he wasn't even great in this game i think he was like three for ten against mm-hmm. uconn but uh just his presence and his calming presence at point guard has been been awesome for
1: them um and yeah, free man on a nice, nice piece off the bench you know yeah
0: like yeah jerome dude i loved him at indiana when he was at iu i thought he was going to be awesome at iu he's a columbus uh ohio kid but uh yeah xavier's an experienced team I think their entire rotation is basically seniors and juniors. Um, the, the The result is not exactly surprising. I mean, there's a reason like this game was 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 hyped up, and uh, you know, people in the Big East were had it circled as like a a, a fun game to watch. And Xavier was was Xavier picked the, to win the big. They were second, right? They were second behind they Creighton. Second. Yeah, yeah, they were second behind Creighton. But uh, yeah, so there, there's no shame in losing to Xavier, even losing by ten. Um, I'm not hitting the panic button or anywhere close to it with UConn. I just think like. If if you're serious about winning a national title, the messaging in the locker room is: we got our ass kicked today. Uh, We were soft, Uh, whether it's true or not. I I, I, this is what I'm. This is what I would tell the guys. You know, like if I was. Oh, this
1: is what Dan Hurley said for sure. Yeah,
0: we were soft today. We got our ass kicked. We're not winning. We're not beating anybody playing this way. Um, We got to be more physical defensively. We got to actually work the ball inside and like not just be content passing around and jacking up threes. And I gotta not lose my fucking mind on the match. Yeah, right. Right. And I'll tap. And you know what? I'm gonna end this speech by tapping my chest and raising my hand, saying, "That one's on me. That one's on me."
1: Right. And I think that would be. I hope that's what happened. And I I really do because I think that's the best thing for everybody. And I even saw Connecticut fans saying that. They're like, you know, come on, Coach Hurley. Right. Even the ones that want him to be insane, they know that it was a bridge too far. And I think you kind of be better for it. As you and I have always said, it's better to learn these lessons now. Then later and we said it last year with auburn auburn fans got really mad at us and then they go in the tournament they had learned no lessons and it you know they fell flat on their face so th- these are the times if you're going to win a national championship go to a final four like learn this lesson move forward be better for it and i'm not worried about uconn in fact if i had a vote i would still put uconn number one in the country right now if, if it was if it was up to well, me well, Maybe. yeah Maybe.
0: interesting all right um because i guess that's the question now now purdue's lost uconn's lost uh houston I still think Houston's – I I still think it's Houston. I, still, yeah. I, I mean, Houston – fi- I'm fine
1: for Houston being number one just for the good of college basketball. I think it's a fine look. And I also – I just looked at the AP poll from last week. Purdue got all first-place votes other than one. UConn got the one vote uh, to to be the the other – they were the other number one vote. So that was the one voter – and yeah. I like UConn. UConn has passed my eye test. I also thought that going to Xavier was a tough game in general. So that that doesn't blow my mind that they lost that game. And I thought that they showed a lot of flaws in that game. Houston, they just got to keep coasting until March. You know what I mean? They just can't have any bad losses. So they they, they could be number one and hold that position for quite yeah. a while if they get it back.
0: Yeah, Houston is. I I mean they're the, they're the betting favorite to win it. Um, and I guess you could. If you want to be a hater, you could say it's because the Final Fours in Houston, and they think that if Houston can make the Final Four, they'll have home court advantage. Um, but if you know how these things work, that doesn't actually make any sense because you know, like <laughs> Butler had home court advantage against Duke. And didn't um, it's that, that yeah. I don't I don't really track that, so I don't think that's it. I mean, it's because Houston's the best team in the country. I, I saw uh, I forget what sportsbook it was, but but Houston was like eight to one. To win the national title Tate, and Purdue was 16 to 1. Now, I my gambling's a little hazy. I, I don't quite understand odds as well as you do. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're basically saying Houston has twice as good a chance, right? To, right. to win the national championship as Purdue. Yeah, I guess. That- I mean, that was that was crazy. Like this was before Purdue lost to that was before Purdue lost to Rutgers. So the the Houston, like Vegas was looking at it and was like, all right, Purdue's number one in the country, but uh this team that's not number one in the country has twice as good odds to, to well, have to more the veterans. in country.
1: have more of the formula that, yeah that's why houston houston passes the test for most everybody you know that that has been a college basketball oh phase. yeah absolutely you see the coach you, you understand the pedigree you understand these players and you say well that's a team that in march could win the title and that's why it's easy i think to have them as a number one and everyone it, it leaves a good taste in your mouth because you're like for the good of the game that team at number one makes a lot of sense, right? And and we've seen them lose, obviously. They have yeah, a, otherwise, they've been good. Yeah, they have a five-star kid too in the Walker. Like if,
0: if that's your thing. If you if, if that's one of the boxes you need checked, is like do, do they have five star um, free? Yes. Yeah. You know, a five star free. Yes, they do. <laughs> they have that as well. Boxes um, check. I, I think it's probably Houston. I think can Kansas fans are are listening to this saying, what about us? Um I don't know. I can't Kansas is Kansas is like funny to me. I'm still trying to figure out how I, I mean, we talked about it after the IU game, after they blew uh, the doors off of Indiana um, that the, the team kind of makes no sense. They're just like, it, it's, it's four wings and Dewan Harris basically is, is the starting line. Um, it, excuse me. It they, they, they play like, it, it it defies like Bill's the the Bill Self basketball that I know and love, but at the same time they won a national title, sort of playing this. They they had David McCormick last year, um, who who so it wasn't quite as uh, pronounced as it is this year. But uh, last year I got that feeling of it a little bit. I was like a Kansas team that is just so heavily reliant on wing players and not point guards and centers. Like that's that doesn't make any sense to me. And then they won the national title, so I guess Self was like, let's double down, let's go all in on the wings. I want more wings feed me wings. um. But I, I, I I'm still trying to figure Kansas out. that's one way of saying like, they're obviously good. Jalen Wilson's incredible. He's, he's first team all American. Grady Dick is, is awesome. McColder's been great. You know, like I'll, you just want me to read off the roster and say, I love all these guys. <laughs> I could do that for you. Uh, But like trying to figure out how they all fit together and whether they're just out there, just like playing ball, you know, or whether they're. <laughs> Because it does – like, obviously, Bill Self's a great coach, and this is not, like, me ripping on him, but it does sort of feel like Kansas is a roll-the-balls-out team right now where they just, like, get up and down and play basketball, and, like, they 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 don't really know what their roles are on the team. They're just kind of, like, getting out there and playing, and they're winning because they're talented. But you're also like, what is this – I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell this Kansas team is other than just a really talented team with with great wing play. And Yeah, we're –
1: Weirdly, yeah. they remind me like of uh, Duke teams in the the late mid aughts, like with Kyle Singler being that four, where you know, the same way that Jalen Wilson is that four for Kansas, they remind me of a Duke team in that sense. And I'll be honest with you, KJ Adams is doing something that I think is really smart for his career. He's playing the five as a 6'8 guy, but he's learning how to switch all these positions. And if I were mm-hmm. him and I was his PR team. I would be pu- push pushing it out that he is the Draymond Green of college basketball. He is small ball 5. Everyone loves him cuz I think when KJ goes to the league, they're going to want him to be a small forward and now he can say, "No, no, no. I actually play the 5. I'm your small ball 5. I can be the specialist for your team." And I think that's fascinating. I think Jalen Wilson has a is going to have an argument to be national player of the year. You and I talked about that. He's probably he's locked in himself as number 2 probably behind Edie um in the real race not on my watch list but in the real race i think that's i think timmy
0: i think i think people would say timmy but
1: i think timmy's not locked in it too so i maybe? think people
0: would say i think people would say t- but i i i'm i am i am not arguing i'm just trying fans. i'm just, fans. just saying the only reason i mentioned I timmy is because people, people listening are probably like what the you know so there i mentioned timmy there you go
1: Timmy's mentioned, timmy we mentioned oh. he's mentioned we speak your name drew timmy <laughs> yeah uh, but i like <laughs> Uh, I like K.J. Adams at the five as a small ball five. I think they're a fascinating team. I do worry about this Kansas group a little bit when it comes to the tournament. But the fact that they were down 15 in a title game, 16 at one point in a title game, and then come back and win a national championship. I was there. I saw it. uh, That's scary. They're down 15 in this game. Uh, The Bill Self special is right in our face. You and I are, you know, we're celebrating it because we were like, there's no way this team could do this. But they can. And so the scariest part about Kansas to me is that you could be beating Kansas pretty handily. And this group is too young and too talented to believe that it's over. And, and Bill Self is the perfect coach for like, all oh, shucks, fellas, let's go load the wagon and see what happens. And guess what happens? They win games. And yeah. uh, that, is, that is what is the scariest yeah. part about Kansas is that you can have them pretty much dead to rights. And they're so talented that they don't feel that way, and they can come back in any game. Because Oklahoma State should have won this game. I mean, there, there's and, no doubt about it. And Kansas it, wins the race of sixty-nine, it, and it's over.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, there's a questionable call at the end. We should say too, that, yeah, right? Right, but hey, challenge. that's Blue Bloods. Yeah. That's, that's what Blue Bloods do. That's blue Blood treatment. That's the Field House baby. Yeah, um,
1: exactly.
0: yeah. If, if that's if that's in Stillwater, uh, special comfort. even Bill Self's like, come on yeah yeah bill bill self-complained about the no call also yeah. like you're gonna you're gonna screw my alma mater come right. on they need need this win. <laughs> you're gonna disrespect me i come back home and you do this to me right um shout out dewan harris by the way a guy who uh and, and and i I just listed like everybody on the roster it felt like for kansas and uh dewan harris is uh he, he's getting the kihei clark uh He's in the Key a. Clark mold of guys who were starting point guards on national championship teams and get dismissed as like not that good, even though everyone within the program and every fan and every coach and everybody's like, this guy's insane and he's the reason I our team works. Game. And, yeah. you know, we love his game and he's incredible. And then every outsider's like, he averaged five points a game last year. If he's that good, why did he average five points a game? Yeah. And then Bill Self, who's one of the great, he's literally in the Hall of Fame and one of the greatest coaches ever, is like, I think he's the best point guard in the country and then bozos like us are like he can't be because <laughs> how the come yeah. <laughs> how come this other point guards averaging 17 a game and Dewan Harris isn't <laughs> and anyway um he's a perfect point guard for this group he's, he's right he's awesome and he had nine
1: assists it. and he doesn't take shots away from those guys all those wings won't shots you know Grady Dick wants to shoot Jalen Wilson wants to shoot he's not taking shots away and and he kind of knows his role really well and in general, this Kansas group—the the the guys that come in off the bench, Bobby Pettiford, and all these guys that come in—they all seem to understand their roles really well, despite being young. So Kansas is an encouraging team. I just think if I was Bill Self, well, I would not want to be number one.
0: No, well, but also I don't think Kansas is. You're saying no matter how big of a lead you get, they they it feels like Kansas thinks they can come back, and they probably can. But I also think. uh Expanding that to like the the full season, Kansas could lose two or three in a row, and I don't think they're doing Like they're 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 a team that I will never be out on. Um, you know, I I, I guess there are some circumstances, maybe, but but they, they they lose by fourteen to Tennessee. Um, they Wisconsin probably should have beat them. Oklahoma State should have beat them. Like they they've looked shaky a lot throughout the year. Uh, but I'm I'm not worried. They're not a team like that 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 will lose a game and then you get a point and say, "Ha ha, I knew it! You're, you guys suck. Get out of here. We don't have to take you seriously anymore." They're going to be you. You have to take them seriously the rest of the season. You, you right. just with, with the talent they have and how, um, yeah, how many different guys can beat you and and Jalen Wilson, the level he's playing at, and yeah, I I mean like they're they're not, they're not going to go away. They're going to be in the mix the entire season. So it's this isn't a, this isn't a deal like say maybe a Kentucky where Kentucky loses. A few games where were like, goddamn, these guys suck. Like, I I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Kansas could drop a couple in the Big Twelve, maybe even in a row. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really panic about this team until you know March comes around and they're still playing like garbage. Then I might start to worry. But like, I I no matter what happens with this Kansas group, especially with the way they, they you know they won the national title last year, and I understand it's a a a lot of roster turnover, but there's just a vibe around them that they're going to figure it out. And whether they do or not, I'm going to work under that assumption until proven otherwise.
1: Yeah. And this, and tonight they play at Texas tech, a team that they struggled against last year, against that defense, that no middle defense. And you know, the, the second time they played them, they figured it out. They started throwing skip passes and things like that. So we'll see what happens. This young group could go to Texas tech struggle against that defense, lose a game on the road, and we're all like, oh, Kansas, should we worry about Kansas, right? And they're, they're the next up on the docket of top teams to worry about. But like you're saying, even if that were to happen and however many hours away we are from that, I'm still not worried about Kansas because of the talent level. And uh, I think that they're so, like Grady Dick is so young that he believes that he can take this team to a national championship and win it, you know what I mean? Like the, he has that level of confidence. And you got to like that about this group. There you go. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor. All right, let's let's do this exercise cuz we've said
0: that, that being number 1 or being top 5 um or wherever, wherever you want to draw the line is cursed. Um so and, and it doesn't feel like Purdue should be a number 1 team. Um again, that's not a disrespect to this group. It's just like let's let's be realistic about it and 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 you know, they they're 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 just they're, they don't scream best team in the country to you. They they scream very good team that could uh have a fun season, but that's about it. Um so let, let me go through and, and mention some names, Tate, and let's just let's just do like a a, a, a gut check, a, a vibe check. Like, does it feel right to want to argue that this might be the best team in the country? All right? Mm-hmm. All Is right. That, you, you see what I'm doing? It's just like, hey, does, does it feel right mm-hmm. when I say it? When I say that Houston, let's just start with Houston. Houston's the best team in the country. I think we both agree that feels right.
1: Feels right, yeah. Uh, feels no right. no argument from me. I think that they have the, maybe the best coach in the country, and I still don't think that they're playing their best basketball, which is kind of encouraging because they're going to get there by March. So um, Houston has not peaked yet either, which I feel good about.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll just go down the Kimpom list. How about that? We'll do it that way. Uh, Connecticut second, UConn. That feels I feel right. right. Yeah. That feels, right. <laughs> yeah. I, that feels good to me. Yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee's third. If I said Tennessee's the best team, I could say throw out the rankings, throw out everything else. To me, the Tennessee Volunteers are the best team in the country. Feels right
1: just because they have the guard play and the defense, which when you talk about March, I think that they have the formula. So in my head, I hear Tennessee is the best team in the country and you're gonna get no argument from me. And maybe that's crazy. Maybe some people would say they don't have enough offensive firepower, but in my mind, they have the pieces to win a title.
0: Yeah, maybe that's a good way of framing it. It's like if someone said that this team's the best team in the country, do you do you care enough to want to argue back? Mm-hmm. You know? And in Tennessee, I wouldn't. I'd be like, Yeah, you know, sure. you, you might be right. Yeah, that's that checks <laughs> yeah, out. It like makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. Now, Tennessee, the transitive committee, which uh, I believe is just made up of you and I, should right. point out that Tennessee... And Connelly's the right. right. She's the head of the transitive committee. Uh, Tennessee lost to Colorado early in the season, Tate. And Colorado just lost to Cal. Our thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Abort mission. Never mind. Tennessee. Rods. <laughs> Rods. Number four on Ken Palm UCLA. Huh.
1: See, you know, you, huh. Mean, you know me. You know me. I'm a big Hami Hawkes, Jalen Clark guy. I think that they're two of the best wings in the country. I really think Tiger Campbell is what you want in March. So for me, I would have no argument. I would say I could see it. I, I, the only problem that I have with UCLA being number four right there is that I think that there's another Pac-12 team I would put in front of them. So it'd be hard because as I'm mm. arguing for UCLA, all I'm thinking about is the front court of Arizona. Isn't that that would, that but, would be tough?
0: Hold on, isn't that the that's the old ACC move though? Is you, you you pick one team to be the best in the conference and the other team to be the best in the country? Right. <laughs> so Dude, the best figure. in
1: the conference, Carolina's best in the
0: country. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we just have that going on. Arizona is the best team in the Pac-12, but UCLA is the best team in the country. What about that? There you go. Is Later. that a reality you can recognize? I can live around? in that world, even though I think it
1: might be, I think it might be reverse. I it think might be the you, other way around. I think it might be the best team in the Pac-12 and Arizona is the best team in the country.
0: Uh, UCLA and, and UConn are only two teams, uh, according to Kim Palm's algorithm, which I am no closer to understanding. Uh, yeah, please
1: release the formula.
0: Everyone listening is like, he, it, it's literally released. You can click on the thing and read the formula. And I'm like, yeah, I I actually don't know if it is, but I even if I could read it, I just—I don't. My brain want to. would my brain would freeze after like three seconds. Um, <laughs> UCLA and UConn only two uh, top ten in both offense and defense efficiency. Mm-hmm. So the only like two that. teams that have are elite at both both ends of the court. There. Uh, all right, number five, Kansas. We just talked about them, but if uh, Kansas is the best team in the country, do that feel? Right?
1: It feels right. I, I, yeah. I let it slide. I mean, there, there's some holes there, but I feel like at the end of the day, Kansas is talented enough for me to be okay with it. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. The, the top five that we've named so far, I'm like. That I'm feels,
0: longer. yeah, I, I I think all five feel okay. Six, Texas, I don't think, I, I think I draw the line feels there wrong. Say, it feels wrong. Let me wrong.
1: just say, I, I'm not going to get in the details, but it just feels wrong. I don't, I don't, know, wrong. I don't know what happened, I, but it feels wrong. Number six. The
0: situation in Austin, to me, is wrong. <laughs> it's wrong for me just for, for me, me. Yeah, i don't i don't i don't want to come across as like a pearl clutcher like a you know whatever. virtue signaler or whatever else but uh
1: it's just not, not good it's not it's not I good saying, texas is the best team in the country fraud no way no way. um
0: number seven is arizona i think we both agree that uh arizona might be the best i it, 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 if we're talking like yeah. national title hopes again um I don't know if I can trust Kirk Kreese to win six games in a right. row to not, to not just shit down his leg. It's not even shitting down his leg though. Because shit down your leg. Like to me, a guy shitting down his leg is like the moment is too big for him. The moment's not too big for Kirk Kreese. It's that it's, it, he he's too big for the moment almost. Yes. <laughs> or like he no. wants to be like, like it's yeah. not like he turtles in big moments. It's the exact opposite. He he sticks his chest out and he's peacocks. like, watch this He peacocks. Peacocks yeah. way too
1: much. And it's like, dude, put your feathers down. Nobody needs to see <laughs> that right now. And in fact, yeah. I think, if if we could have a private conversation with Kirk Rea and Dan Hurley before the NCAA tournament to say stop peacocking, stop it be, peacocking, it would be it would be the best thing to happen to both. Put your
0: put your cocks away, both of you.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> number, but Arizona. I, you, if you wanted to argue Arizona is the best team in the country, that is that is an argument that I'm not interested in having against you. You know, right. so that, that, I think that plays number eight, Purdue.
1: Uh I, I'm gonna say for me, it's an it's. They are not the best team in the country. I'm gonna. I say would that. agree
0: with that. I would agree with that. I don't. I don't. I, I. I. I would stop if someone said Purdue's the best team in the country. I'd say hold it right there. Let's talk about this. They have the best
1: player in the country. This out. They have they're the best not, player. They're not the best team in the country.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're the best team. They're among. They're among. They're one of them ones. One of them. They're ones. Among. They're they're among them. the best team. Even in the though they country. have they're him, they are, them. Them.
1: they are not them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess like after that, I, I would imagine the rest of these are no, right? Alabama, Arkansas, um, no, Virginia, no, Ohio state at 12 tape.
1: Congratulations. Oh God, to the Buckeyes, you, look no. at that. <laughs> no. Would you look at that? I mean, they did lose to Carolina, so that's great for the resume. Please, please push them. Huh. Up. I didn't know Ohio state to beat Purdue, by the way, that that's like, I'm all eyes on January 5th. Not I, work.
0: uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself um but the haters would would love w- w- i the, the haters would love to hear this that uh i i am forecasting a situation where i'm very 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 high on Ohio State in march love it i'm not there yet uh a lot of pieces to put together obviously carolina game stings young team um still trying to figure out rotations still trying to figure out defense a lot of the time
1: um, missing a starter still ice likely, right. He's still like coming back. From- he's back. Yeah. He's back. But like,
0: but I don't know if he's still going to start anymore or forget it. Like, that's what I mean. We're trying to figure out like, like, cause Bryce sensible wasn't starting for most of the season. Cause all he wanted to do was get buckets. But then at a certain point, Holt was like, all right, this guy's insane. Yeah, I, like, I got to
1: start this guy. Yeah.
0: I also think, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to just call him out. This is not a, I'm not reporting private conversations and making them public, but this is just my read on it. Um, I'm going to call out Holt and say that he started since the ball on the bench because he was trying to hide him from NBA scouts. And he was hoping that NBA oh. scouts flipping through the channels would watch the first four minutes of Ohio state games and, and be like, yeah, there's no pro, pro prospects here, change the channel. And then he brings since the ball off the bench. Um, but I think the cat is out of the bag today. And I think, uh, right. I think uh, the blame falls squarely on, on KOC and Gavoni and, and these draft guys who I swear, like have a personal vendetta against me. I don't know why they keep doing this with Ohio state guards when I, I'm begging them to like, stop, just stop. That, what, what's uh, that video that. Uh, of KOC KOC with
1: Russell just, Russell stop. just stop. stop. <laughs> That's, um,
0: me- <laughs> I should do. That's a good meme. I, I might bust that out. Uh, next time KOC tweets about Bryce sensible. I'm going to tweet that back at him. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, he's been so good that they, they, they got start him. So like, I don't know who they're bumping. Cause like Sean McNeil, do, do you bump Sean McNeil's offense to the bench? Do you bump Ice likely's defense? I don't know. But, um, but, but Ohio state where we, Eugene Brown's back, uh, we're fully healthy. And I understand, uh, to a lot of the country, we're, we're not exactly a team that you're worried about, but I just want to say, dude, the vibes are, the vibes are good around Columbus. We'll know more after Thursday, but, but, uh. It's it's trending in the right direction. I think these young guys are gonna grow up and throughout the Big Ten play. And like I I after we we beat the shit out of Northwestern, I'm watching Andy Katz and Mike DeCourcy and Rafael Davis. Uh, and Katz is just like, like again, Andy Katz, please stop. I gotta get him on the show and tell him to stop. He's pushing the idea that Ohio State might be the favorite to win the Big Ten now. Mm. And like we're right up there with Purdue and all that. I'm like, what the hell's going on? What happened? He's we're not we're wrong. Here. He's not
1: wrong. <laughs> When, when I look at the Big Ten, I'm like, I, you know, you said that there was this big gap between Purdue and everybody else, so that's what the expectation was. It obviously is not. And then the next tier is like Wisconsin, Ohio State. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Illinois, as we both know, very close to my heart. But I don't know. Someone stabbed them in the heart. I don't know what happened to them in MSG, but things went awry. I think what happened to Ohio State in MSG was actually great, minus the fact that Sensiball played so well in front of all the scouts who would go to such a game. So he's a first-round pick. So if you're Holman at this point, you're like, this might be my one year with Ball. Let's lean into it. Let's let him try to win Big Ten Player of the Year. Let's let, or at least Big Ten Freshman of the Year, and then let's go for a run. So yeah, I like the Buckeyes. I'm not saying they're the best team in the country, but I like the Buckeyes. I we got to
0: play defense. We got we got the number two offense on Kim number two ranked offense. I like it. Offensive efficiency with Malachi Branham leaving early, uh, and that's like I said, like that's that's the part that will keep me up at night is thinking, what if Malachi Branham was on this team? How good would it be? What if Ice likely? Because, like I said, either McNeil or Ice, Ice likely wouldn't have transferred. We wouldn't have gotten them in the portal if Branham was back. But yeah, add Branham, and then I—I I don't know. Take your pick. Lose lose one of those two guys.
1: I need. <laughs> I need more dude. Felix Akpara too. Like you know, a lot of people that they, they don't want to see him out there, but he's wearing number thirty-four for a reason. The guy. I'm not.
0: So- <clears throat> thank you, Tate. I like that. I like that. Thirty-four
1: reasons. Um. I uh I'm not ready to peacock. I'm not
0: sitting here saying like we're we <laughs>
1: Maybe maybe I sit you Kirk Carissa, and Dan Hurley down before. Yeah, I'm not I'm like we can't peacock too much.
0: I don't want to I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I'm not like I'm not peacocking about Ohio State. <laughs> I'm just saying you'd be happy to know that it's trending in a direction where I will be, I will have expectations of March. So that way when I get my dick kicked in by, you know, some mid major that I've district that I had there or some team that I've talked all all sorts of shit about all season and they beat us by 20 in the tournament. Um, I I'm here to report that there will be maximum amounts of pain felt on my end. So you, the, 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 friends of the program love to hear that Say That's when they're there. They're at their happiest when we're at our saddest. So there you go. You. You'll be happy to know that come March, I I have gone from at the start of the season I just wanted to make the tournament. That is that by March I don't think I'm going to be feeling that way. I think I'm going to be talking myself into uh, Houston. Yeah, we're going to Houston, and that's right. really all you want. And I think like, I guess that's what I'd say to Purdue is like stop stop having like a national title mentality and just all all you really want, unless you are like a, a I think Houston this year. I think like UConn maybe has played their way into that position. Um, maybe there are a handful of others, but I, I I don't think there are a lot of teams that are like, we must win the national title. All you really want Tate is on Monday morning selection, Sunday happens, the bracket comes out, you have all that emotions, you go sleep on it. you wake up Monday morning. You're staring at a blink bracket. You want to look at your team and you want to look at the bracket and you want to say we have a path. We have, you want to talk yourself into a, a, a situation where you might be able, maybe under the right circumstances, have a path. And that's all you really want. And Purdue will certainly have that. And that's all you can ask for, you know. That's all right. you can ask for. And if you're so, Purdue
1: and you go to the Final Four, that is a major, 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 major win because the Indiana people, like Coach Titus, who we love and adore, they can't make that joke anymore, right? I mean, and and they can't laugh at you and your misery. I mean, the, at least you made a Final Four. Boy it was everyone can handle a Final Four, but come on. You gotta I think my it. dad. I think my dad set a
0: record for most crying, laughing emojis texted to me yesterday. As Purdue football lost 63 to 7. Wow. Um to uh to uh, uh LSU it was. Yeah, 63 to 7 in their bowl game. And then uh the football, the the I'm sorry, the basketball team obviously loses to Rutgers, ranked number one. But what's funny is uh uh my dad um has become like a huge this this is the the funniest part about my I, I don't mean to derail the show. We can we could I just wanted to quickly say this because it cracks me up. The funniest part about my dad's hatred for Purdue is that it's so he he surrounded himself with people he loves that love Purdue or are Purdue like my mom. My mom's obviously the Hall of Fame, but uh, I, I learned recently Tate that Aiden O'Connell's mother-in-law, I think he's married or, or future mother-in-law, the starting quarterback of Purdue, um, is 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 a close personal friend of my family's. And my dad's like, she's the sweetest lady ever. I talk to her about Purdue football all the time, like, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, this is, this is too, this man, like, the one thing he hates the most, and he just attracts nothing but. Right. Like so, apparently the
1: definition is, of "keep my enemies close." Like, yeah, no idea because he's such a sweet, gregarious guy that that he is. Meanwhile, crying, laughing emoji at their misery.
0: <laughs> so, Aiden O'Connell doesn't play in the bowl game, and my dad was like, "This is awesome! Like, I can actually be happy now because like it's been weird for me all season to cheer against Purdue football because like I love his his fan, you know, right. and, and all that. Now they lose sixty three to seven, so unleash the crying, laughing emojis. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what time does I use does I use bowl game? And He's like, Shut up, son. Shut up. doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, uh, what else is there to talk about? What else do you want to hit?
1: Uh, can I quickly just hit on um, something that is, that is happening on Tobacco Road um, that I think we should point out uh, as pure journalists here? I think Duke made a big mistake. Um, I think Duke hired the wrong guy. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the the Dewey Cox story where, where his father is like the wrong son died. I think that is going <laughs> to be Mr. K. Uh, that is going to be Mr. K very soon. Because North Carolina, in case you missed it, they went up to Purdue. They play uh, the Capel brothers, who are literally, you know, just... It, it was like playing... Oh, they went up to
0: Pitt. They went up to Pitt. Pitt.
1: Yeah, to play the Capel brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lose this game. Uh, they were up the entire game. But then as, as things play out, just, you know, North Carolina collapses, basically. Pitt wins. Uh, Capel wins another one against Hubert Davis. You get all of the, the Duke people are chirping and things like that. But the way that Jeff Capel and Jason Capel... Uh, work the officials in this game is something that was straight out of the coach K playbook. You know what I mean? Like I've never seen anything like it. I wish I could have seen some BTS of like the, the cash <laughs> envelope that they gave the officials before the game, all of these things. And then I watched Duke play against wake forest on the road. And I see John Shire, not even standing up and coaching, just sitting on the bench, just being a, you know, a fly on the wall is probably the nicest way to describe it. And then meanwhile, you see Jeff Capel, you know, trying to threaten the officials, uh, you know, <laughs> slapping, slapping the table, the media table as hard as he can, throwing pins at, p- at people in the crowd. Um, and you say to yourself, I mean, this is, if this if this was at Duke, which is AKA Nike University, if Jeff Capel was running Nike University, I would be actually terrified because you get the intimidation factor of a coach on the sideline with that talent. And oh my God, I mean, that is scary. I w- I would actually be... Very, very concerned about the future, and he seems to have Hubert Davis's number. Jeff Capel's calling out our defensive schemes that he learned when he played at North Carolina. He's a freaking spy. Always has been. <laughs> Joe Forte leave early because he's a bad teammate. We all know this. Um, so to watch whoa, that, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! So you're you're this is this is friendly fire now. You're you're going after. There is
1: no friendly fire. There there, there is no friend. There has only been a foe that has been. We let him in. Is and, he a fake Tar Heel? The fake heel. We all know this. Everyone. Whoa. Knows this. Everyone. Heel knows turn. This. It's a heel turn. Every go look up articles back in the day about Jeff Capel or Jason Capel and the way that he treated Joseph Forte. Basically, wow. First, you know what I mean? Joseph Forte wanted to come back. Was like, okay. Okay. Not not, not, with this guy.
0: not to derail your rant, but like I need the power rankings of uh, uh, Carolina, the the, the ostracized. The the guys that have been cut out of the Carolina community. Is McCants one? Maktar Jai. Every time I mention Maktar Jai, you you shudder a little bit. So I, I, he's got to be up there,
1: right? The reason that Maktar is in there. First of all, Maktar is still part of the family. But Maktar had two moments in time that you'll never be forgiven for. One, he told MJ to his face that Akeem Olajuwon was the GOAT. Okay. (laughs) North Carolina, you're done. You're dead to us. We hate you forever. Also, you didn't win anything, so, you know, there's a certain level of, like, what a waste of time for you to come here and then lose for us. And uh, and then the other time, there was a story that, like, he was trying to get in a party uh, that, like, during the NBA Finals at one point, and MJ was up on the balcony, and uh, Tar was like, let us in, you know, da-da-da, and Jordan, like, basically ignored him. and was like, I'm not letting you in. So, he just, he tried to use his Carolina privilege too far. That's the reason why, you know, Maktar is in the conversation. But, yeah, McCant's. I still love McCants, even though all of the, the the things he said, it was all for attention. We all understood that. He also dated a Kardashian and went crazy. People forget this. That's McCann, true. Yeah, blame it he on He was one of the early Kardashian curses <laughs> that people don't talk about enough. Um, so I give McCants a pass, even though he's still on that list. But Jason Capel might be number one. I mean, just the the, the way he behaves. He called our team soft last year. I mean, he goes in the media after the game, says, like, I know all their defensive schemes. It's like, yeah, dude, you play to Carolina, shut up. Like, that's not a brother. That's not a family member. A <laughs> you're a spy. Your brother is a bag man. We all know that. But I'm telling you, if I was Duke, if I was a, a, a real Iron Duke, actually, never mind. The Iron Dukes don't want to, to be a part of the bag. Let, let's talk about, if you're just like a casual Walmart Duke fan, Jason Cape, Jeff Capel, Was the man with his brother Jason Capel on the sideline to get in the head of Carolina fans? That was the move, and I watched that game. uh, You know, and and I said to myself, if this combination had come to fruition, if Coach K let the bag really happen, I would be very worried, Titus. But um, luckily, he's at Pitt, and Pitt's a quad one team, so it's not even a bad loss. People forget this. Pitt is quad one, and they're three and zero in the ACC. So I wasn't going to bring up. I wasn't going to bring up Pitt. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring it up that you guys lost to Pitt because I
0: I thought. I was going to, that was no, my Christmas gift to you. I was just going to let it fly under the radar. All the, all the shit that's happened between last show and now that I just thought maybe we look, could, uh,
1: it's the holidays. A lot of weird stuff happened, but a noon game, Mark Titus, a noon <laughs> game at Pitt with coach K, Mr. K's son-in-law on the call, Chris Patola. I mean, <laughs> get out of here. Like who, who is, who is scheduling this? Who's letting <laughs> it happen? Like this was, is the biggest, this
0: was is the Roy biggest at the campaign. game, by the
1: way. I didn't watch it. It was Roy at the game. Roy was at a Patriot League game for God knows what reason, but he was watching another basketball game. He was not at the game. Um, <laughs> That's smart, Roy. Roy, I, I don't, I, I hate to, to report this to you, but
0: uh, I, I think you should know this: that there are rumblings. Um, I, I don't know if I don't know if the friends of the program are saying this to you, but they are. Uh, we're we're talking behind your back, Tate. That uh, there's some rumblings that people are starting to to put together in the narrative that Roy is the new Sister Jean. No. <clears throat> That's what people are
1: saying. I, like, I lost my voice. <laughs> that's, that's gross. That's, that's what gross. Roy Ro, a basketball fan. He misses the game. <laughs> the game passed him by. He just wants to keep watching it. We respect him. We love him. That, that's all it is. But I will say, this, <laughs> during the broadcast, uh, Mr. K's son-in-law, at one point, is talking about, and I, this happened, Titus. I don't know if you saw this. During the broadcast, he's talking about Puff Johnson, right? Puff Johnson on the team, son or uh, brother of Cam Johnson. His nickname is Puff because he liked cocoa puffs. His real name is Donovan Johnson. So they tell a story. They're like, his mom wants him to be called Donovan, but everyone calls him Puff because he liked cocoa puffs. Yada yada yada. Spatola, Mr. K's son-in-law, says cocoa puffs suck. That's what he says. He's like, he's like cocoa puffs suck. So you're talking about a, a kid whose nickname <laughs> is like cocoa puffs. He's like cocoa puffs are trash. Like everyone knows that. And I'm like, what is what is this guy even talking about? And he goes, everyone likes fruity pebbles. And then luckily, whoever he's calling the game with was like, so should we call you Fruity? And he's like, I've been called that before. And I'm like, so from now on, if you have Fruity Spatola on the call. I did not Carolina see that. That's, player, I did not see that. That's amazing. It, gets Fruity Spatola away from Carolina <laughs> games. And the funniest part, oh, in my read, the funniest part about all this is that North Carolina's next game is at home against Wake Forest. And I say to myself, well, hopefully Fruity Spatola isn't calling the game. Luckily, he's not, Mark Titus. But guess who is? And I, this is not even a joke. They were like, you know what, ESPN's like, you know what, Uh, Coach K's uh, son-in-law, maybe a bridge too far for Carolina fans. They don't want to hear him. We'll we'll help you guys out. On the next call, we're going to have Corey Alexander, which, I mean, come on, and Randolph Childress. So Randolph Childress, the man who famously said, get up off the ground after crossing up a North Carolina player, is now going to call the Wake Forest-North Carolina game, I'm sure in a very unbiased, objective fashion. I'm sure that'll be fun to listen to for all the fans at home. Who is scheduling this? Who, who hates Carolina at ESPN? Because get this man out of my <laughs> face. That's all I know. I don't know who's making these decisions, but literally get this man so far out of my face. Um, end of rant. Fruity Spatola. Conspiracy Corner with
0: Tate is my favorite uh, segment we did. Oh, my on God. The show. It's, never, so it's never planned. It just kind of happens. And then I, tate, goes, I, I, tate goes crazy. I've just been
1: waiting to get that off my chest because I'm watching this game, and I'm like, is anyone else seeing this? Am I the crazy one? Am I the bad guy here? Uh, maybe I am, but goodness gracious, Mark Titus. Having to listen does someone talk from the pit vantage point the entire game? It'll drive it'll drive a man insane, especially if he's related to Mister K. In ran the one
0: uh, was the offensive foul that was the worst uh, the, on on Leaky Black, I think. Right, that was the worst ch- charge call I've ever seen in my life. Um, right, that was so. Like well, goes I, back
1: I, to the bad guy part of this, where just like I understand yeah. what the cables are doing. They're old school. They're like they meet the officials in the parking lot with an envelope of envelope. <laughs> of I know how this works. I get it. It's home court. We get it. We we see it. We respect it. I understand it. But at the same time, my God, how how in the how in my face does that have to be? For me not to lose my mind. I'm but done. Were they, but were the officials bad both ways? Is my question. No, they were not. They were bad. They were very bad. <laughs> <one way. laughs> you can put me on the record for that. They were bad one way.
0: Oh my God. Um. <laughs>
1: I'm like sick as I'm yelling about this too. It's great.
0: The, I, I, it's silver lining though. Tell, explain to the people what's going on with uh, North Carolina basketball recruiting because I see our, our friend Joe Tipton. Yeah. Um, just just pumping out Carolina content lately. Is this next year? Is this two years away? Like what's going on? Carolina keeps landing in recruits.
1: Carolina has the number one class so far in 2024. We, we are. So that's not this year, but next not
0: year. Th- not this year, but next year. Okay.
1: All right. All right. So we're building we're building a roster for the future. Um
0: who has the Kentucky has a class next year, right? Kentucky's the I one that so. has the
1: yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, and that's to Carolina doesn't riot. win many recruiting wars these days. So it's nice. This new kid that just committed, he's a you know, four star, plays the five. His name is James Brown. Great name. We love that. Uh Elliot Cadeau is the the top point guard in the class, five star. He just committed to North Carolina. He's Swedish, plays for the Swedish national team. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so we got some wow. uh, got some good characters and I, yeah, that's he why you text like me. He looks like a legit point guard. Like he looks like uh you he's text me vibes s- of Raymond Felton and some of those other you know guards I got back in the day. Swedish chef is what you said, right? Yeah. That's, that's what I want to there. Or the Swedish that. fish. You know what I mean? We'll <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> we'll, see, yeah. we'll see how slippery he is he needs he to do
0: the do the do the do the Sam Cassell celebration when he hits big shots and Swedish meatballs.
1: Right, that would Island. be great. Yeah, well, there's lots of options. I'm excited for the future, <laughs> but also in the present time, please get Coach K's son-in-law out of my face. That's all. <laughs> I- um, any shout-outs otherwise? Man, I want to shout-out us uh, for the schadenfreude that we had uh, as football fans, because you and I are both football fans, both of our teams. There's one rule that I have in football, which is never have a six-point lead. <laughs> I would rather I like it like if you have a six point lead, you might as well just be done. I mean, you know, you're going to lose. Yeah. It's the Worst lead in all of sports. Both of our teams in this game late had six point leads. Uh, Carolina against Oregon, yourself against Georgia in the playoff. And uh, I just want to say you're welcome to the fans that love seeing our misery because those are the most miserable finishes in both seasons. I've seen um, and it happened on our watch, on our hands. So shout out to us.
0: I, I am strangely taking it. Well, um, <laughs> I I wasn't I wasn't New Year's Eve. I was distraught. Um a lot of uh a lot of replaying the game and looking at at certain moments and it's you know the timeout. Crunching the that, tape. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm crunching all 22 and I'm like that was a great timeout by Kirby obviously. Um I do think Marvin Harris I did, I the way targeting is called like I I guess like I see why they picked up the flag. Obviously as as a biased buckeye fan I was like I Wish you would have called a targeting on that. I wish I I just you just wish you got something. I guess is is where what what sucks is like if you're you're your best player who Marvin Harrison is the best player. I understand CJ Stroud is the Heisman finalist and all, but I I check the I tape. Agree. Was, I've
1: watched enough Ohio State to know that Marvin Harrison. Jr. I was
0: saying that all season. I was like, if there's one guy that should win the Heisman for Ohio State, it's Marvin Harrison, not CJ Stroud. Um, he's 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 the best player on the team by far. He's he's he how he didn't win the Bolitnikoff Award is is hilarious <laughs> to me and and. <laughs> and but whatever um so when he when i guess like the mindset is less like i think that that play is targeting it's more like that's bullshit that we lose our receiver and we don't even get anything out of this like at least give us a silver lining of like an automatic first down or something or we we don't even need don't even go to the yards like what if you call targeting the guy gets to stay in the game um we don't, we don't even get any yards just give us a new first down or something like we got to get something out of this um so that night I I I went back and like replayed everything and it was like shit. We were we were one moment away, like 12 different moments. Um, but then honestly, like it felt if I felt a little bit probably how you felt in the national title game, uh, when Carolina choked away the game against Kansas and everyone's just clowning you for choking it away. And you're like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of proud of the guys. we were running on fumes, you know, like it is what it is. That that's kind of my mind, like, of course, it, it sucks to be that close and have it slip through your fingers, but at the same time did we by by the end of the game we were down our top two wide receivers cuz smith and jigma and jigba didn't play and hasn't you know has barely played all season but um we're, we him and marvin harrison are out uh our top three running backs Tate were out by the end of the game our starting tight end was out and we're still like you know up up whatever it was on the number I mean, one you team had a kick to game. win the game and if we, we, we had a kick to try, win the game yeah, you know if we
1: could try to get him closer other than 50 yards i mean there's a chance that we're not even talking about this. You know, we're talking about. Yeah.
0: So. And you go into the game saying we're going to lose by four touchdowns and Georgia's going to smoke us and we don't belong in the playoffs anyway. And that's all the conversation. And all those people that are saying that Ohio State sucks and is soft against Michigan and yada. And they, you know, at the time, maybe they weren't wrong, but then suddenly those same people are, are now laughing at, at a missed kick and you didn't beat Georgia and you guys are, fro- you know. So I don't want to say the goalposts removed, but maybe that's why Noah Ruggles missed the kick, you know. Maybe he was trying to hit the moving goalpost from the Ohio State haters. Have you thought about that? Noah Ruggles has uh,
1: (laughs) brought both of us pain uh, as a kicker. I mean, when he was in North Carolina, he missed two game-winning field goals against Virginia Tech. That's why he transferred and left and went to Ohio State. And then he did that, and I'm like... I love the kid. He's very talented. I hate that he had those moments. You know what I mean. I, I
0: like Ruggles, by the way. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I don't not think like Ruggles, Ruggles.
1: He's good. I mean, he's Ruggles big. Has been
0: awesome, dude. And I don't think it was a Ruggles. Probably like it, this to me was like uh, I don't know. Pick a shooter. Ball boy. A, did
1: you see that? though? Ohio State ball boy said that you, he like they used the wrong ball. Like he was running out to. Well, it was
0: it was weird because it felt like Ruggles was consoling the holder more than the holder was consoling him for missing the kick. You right. Know? Like when he missed it, it was like it. It was kind of a weird. Reaction to the Ohio to State ball with that, boy. But,
1: they never talked about it. And I, and I, you know, I haven't seen any follow up, but like when the shot happened, when you missed the kick, they cut to the sideline right then. And the ball boy is running out with another ball, like yelling at the official as if to say, like, it was the wrong ball, you know, which I mean, obviously I would too. So we but,
0: should replay the kick then.
1: Right. Right. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. What the hell? Um, <laughs> go Ruggles, Ruggles
0: is, Ruggles in an Ohio State jersey has been money his entire career, basically. Right. Um, and it's it's like asking a, a good shooter to hit a half court shot for the win, and then he misses, and you're like, why did you miss that? And It's like I don't know. Gordon you're court. like, come yeah. on, Gordon, yeah. yeah, yeah, come We're on, Gordon. yeah, shot. for supposed lottery pick, uh, lottery sure pick, to make that <laughs> shot. Carmelo makes that shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was my thoughts about Noah. I was like, yeah, I mean, like he did, he did, you know, choke tech. Like it was, it looked terrible. Like off the foot, it was missed immediately. But also, like I mean, it's a fifty yarder for the win. It's not like who who's hitting that kick in that moment. Cool, right. point. Show me the guy. that's a dairy, yeah. Justin Tucker, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I'm not mad at him, and and I weirdly like I I I'm handling it well, Tate. I'm handling it well, so it it I'm fine. I'm not I'm not upset. Proud I'm 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 not mad. Uh, buckeye's got some. I, I I honestly, what it was is like most of this season with Ohio State football, I was not. It was not a fun experience watching them, even when we would beat the hell out of everybody. And this is like a, what you know, like people listening are like rolling their eyes. I understand like oh, what a tough problem to have that you guys beat the hell out of everybody and you're complaining about it. Um, But there's like no fire. There's no pride. It felt like from the players, they're just like a finesse team that just goes through the motions and plays, you know, like surgical football. And it can be fun to watch Stroud spray it around or whatever. But you're like, do, do any of these guys like really actually care about being here? Is there any sort of like. You know, like is this just like a try? I, I made the analogy to Kentucky basketball not too long ago, and the more I thought about it, the more perfect it, it was. Is like why it, there's just like some soulless feeling to watching this team and this program right now? Where you're like, I guess we're winning, but like at the same time, we never really win the game that I want us to win. Right? It's and, like
1: It's got a mercenary feel to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and not only do we lose the big games, but we lose them in a way that where there's like no pride. That we don't go down swinging really, and it's like there's just like this weird. Energy around the program right now. So I guess even though we lost to Georgia for the first time in a while, I felt pride as an alum, where I was like, at least these guys are fighting. At least there's there's some heart being displayed out there. So in a weird way, I I, I took a mature response. Credit to me. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Yeah. good job. I, by you. Uh, I'm, I'm growing. Up. Good job by me that I, I was like, you know what? There's we'll we'll be back next year, and we'll see what happens then. I don't know, but uh, uh, we're we're definitely a women's basketball school. I will say that we be a lot of people are talking about Ohio State football losing to Georgia. Um, and a lot of these people are supposedly, um, you know, people that that talk about uh, equality and talk about, you know, um, how how we should be highlighting women's sports more and how, you know, all, all that sort of thing. And and I saw a lot of people; of those people were clowning on Ohio State losing to Georgia at the football game. Not a peep from them about how the number three ranked Buckeyes beat Michigan and are still undefeated and are rolling nice. and, um, you know look like a, a real national title threat in women's basketball. Nobody's talking about that. So, so I just, interesting. it's interesting. A lot of people, say a lot of things about how much they care about, uh, non-revenue sports. But then, uh, you know, when the opportunities arise to prove it, they shut the hell up. So I just, the- I just find that fascinating. Right. Hmm. Right.
1: Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Carolina's a women's field hockey school. So shout out to Aaron Matson. There you go. Uh, I got one more shout out, uh, shout out to the chargers four in a row making the playoffs. Um, am I'm, I'm like, Getting choked up just thinking about it, you know. <laughs> Pretty, the journey. For Did you the go ball. to the
0: game? Did you go to the the Rams Chargers game?
1: I uh, I I, went there in spirit. <laughs> I was there in spirit. I, I you know I was supposed to go, but I, I've been dealing with the sickness, you know, and then I got on my head about going. I watched it on TV. It oh great. my Did god! The battle for L.A. Boy, I mean, we are L.A.'s team. <laughs> it's it's finally there. Forget the Super Bowl. Who cares about that? Head to head in SoFi Stadium. It's a bull. This is thing. it's uh This it's, is
0: my favorite NFL storyline that's unfolding is Tate Frazier, Chargers season ticket holder, Chargers right. Super fan. Right. Will he go to a Chargers home
1: game? I went to, two this, went to <laughs> two this season. I was locked in for every one of two wins. Um, you know, and look, I paid for my parking and everything down there. So, like I said, I was there, I, was I was going to go to the game. But as it inch closer, I was like, why is this game not at 4 o'clock? Why is it at 1 o'clock? Too close. Coming off <laughs> New Year's Eve. I mean, come on. Uh, but again, bolts up. Four in a row. Play out, nobody wants to see us, Titus. Nobody. <laughs> everyone, everyone in the AFC. Including like, you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to see the Chargers. Um, you don't want to go see the Chargers. <laughs> I wish there was a playoff game I could go to. Uh, but we're not going to get home playoffs this year. But next year, right? We're, we're building towards the future. Love Justin Herbert. Um, Herbert came to the Carolina Oregon game in Petco park. That was cool. Love to see that. Uh, Drake, he got to see Drake may early. It felt very much like LeBron seeing Steph Curry in college. You know, it was like one of those moments where it's like in a few years, that's my future rival right there. Um, but anyway. oh, Drake may is officially,
0: uh, and can start talking to Ohio state now that our season's over.
1: That's interesting. Uh, he's, He's got to go to the NFL next year. I mean, that's he's got one more year in Carolina Blue, where we parentally let him down. Well, with I mean, calls you've ever seen. We had a guy that got flagged because he had to put on an extra jersey. Did you see this? We had to, we had on special teams. George Petaway, had to put on a 42 jersey. He's number 23 to receive the kick because we had another guy at 23 on special teams. He puts on a jersey. We didn't report it to the official, so we got a flag that ended up giving a first down to Oregon. This is real. This happened in a game. We literally gave would have gotten the ball back and we were cruising up ten in the fourth quarter. But instead, the, like things that aren't even possible. I d- I did see court. that
0: because I think the broadcast cut to the tunnel and Jeff Capel was standing there and he just nod he just gave a little nod and then walked so he, away. And,
1: and, and he, and he <laughs> yeah dropped it <another laughs> out. So he did it again. I'm like son of a bitch. <laughs> this guy's everywhere. Uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. North Carolina football, they they continue to lose in the most fascinating ways. I mean, we lost to Notre Dame in 2014. I was at the game in South Bend. We were dominating the entire game with Larry Fedora. We get a roughing the snapper on a kick that changes the entire game. <laughs> I've never heard of that in my entire What the hell is roughing the snapper? No one knows. What the hell is this? Reporting the number to the official? I, I don't know. But that's what we do, so... Carolina football, Drake. Why do you need to report, dude?
0: It's, it's, I thought that's why the numbers are there. It's like it's on your jersey right there. Like, what do we? The, I don't the know. Guy, it, yeah, it, like it the guy, yeah. The guy is a very
1: much replacements feeling. Where it's like, who's number forty two? You know, and it's like he has no name on the back. Um, it was ridiculous. So I've never seen that in my entire life. But anything is possible with Carolina football. So very sad. Hate to see it. Those are. Um, all my-
0: I forgot to, I forgot to mention when I was talking about Ohio State football that uh I, I have officially unfired Ryan Day. Um because a lot of people are oh. asking me about that. Like where where does Ryan Day's employment status stand with you after losing to Georgia? Cause um I said I had I had unfired I I fired him after Michigan. Uh we we snuck into the playoff. I decided to unfire him and see what happens. Uh I have I have unfired him and I have extended a one I've extended his contract by one game. So um he get he get. I think Ohio State opens that Indiana next year, by the way, and for Love football, that. uh, we'll see. So I'll give I'll give him one game. Open up the season on the road with a new quarterback, and uh, we'll see what you're made of. You know, I'm not Against gonna the, lie.
1: He was coaching like he was coaching for his job, like the way that he was reacting. Oh yeah, dude. But that stuff. but that's
0: like. But the, the, to 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 bring it back to like Kentucky and Cal like that that was what Ryan Day was doing with Ohio State is what Kentucky fans want out of Cal is like quit making it's like like Ryan Day finally was like I want to stop like trying to say the right thing in the press conference and and stop trying to like be cutesy with all this and and point to stats and and you know run these goddamn bubble screens that like if in fact by the way Georgia running a bubble screen and scoring a touchdown on us was the most like flagrant sign of disrespect I've ever seen like I I, I can't tell you. I'm so triggered by bubble screen state that I, I get bubble screen. They should be illegal. I want, I want the committee to, I think you Google's and I should ban
1: to, bubbles from our show. Like ban maybe, bubbles. The bubble ban boys bubbles. are killing us. I, I hate bubbles. Like I bubbles didn't realize Kirby,
0: Kirby smarts a bubble boy and, and he busts right. out a bubble screen. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? After we ran 40 of these against Michigan and none of them work. Then the first one we see after that gets taken to the house. Are yeah. you kidding me? Um, but uh, finally Ryan Day like shows some passion and some energy, and he's like, "I'm I'm just gonna wear this, like whatever happens, to my team, I'm gonna wear." And I think that's what Kentucky fans want out of Cal. It's like, just Cal, please, we're begging you, shut the fuck up and just like bring some yeah. actual passion and 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 show us that you care. Like, show us that if if Kentucky doesn't make the tournament, that this is devastating for your life and your livelihood, the way it is for us. I think about like when I watch Kentucky, and I don't I don't want to do a Kentucky rant, but I I it is fascinating to me what's happening in Lexington because. I think about when, when, when I was at Ohio State, Coach Mata would say all the time when he would try to get through to the players. He, he's he's yelling in the locker room. He would just yell, "I can't care more than you." Like he that was that was one of his favorite things to say. I can't care more than you. And I remember sitting there thinking, like this is so simple, but kind of profound in a way that, like. The coach can't possibly care more about winning than the players, or you're never the team's never going to do anything. The the players have to care about this, and I feel like that's the mindset that the Kentucky fans have with Cal. Is like, how the fuck do we care more than you, dude? Like, how how is that where we've arrived that we care about winning when you're the guy that's supposed to be? This makes no sense.
1: The culture to you, you're supposed to be setting the culture.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're supposed to be sitting here responding to what you're doing, and instead, like, we're trying to, and I guess. To bring it back to the analogy of the Iowa State football, that was where we were at with Ryan Day. And finally, he brought it for this Georgia game. And I guess that's ultimately why like, I'm upset we lost, but it's like, I don't know, man. Moving forward, there's a sliver of optimism. Now we lose our quarterback and we'll see what happens there. But uh, anyway, all right, I'll shut up. Um, I had some other shout outs. Uh, I want to shout out Adam Silver's uh, NBA. This What this man has done is nothing short of genius. The way he's juiced the basketball tape, um, it's incredible. I, 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 it's, you know we we live in the juiced era in a lot of ways in in sports and um tip of the cap to a lot of these uh a lot of these uh, uh leagues uh, obviously Aaron Judge's home run race um was how about that story by the way that they 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 literally come out and say that they the Yankees were using different balls and uh, everyone's like all right yeah, yeah wing, wing, cool whatever <laughs> Albert, Albert Pujols is 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 dead done over he can't swing a baseball bat to save his life. And then suddenly is hitting like one home run every two games. (laughs) Right,
1: Everyone's like, are we sure this guy should retire? And he's like, I'm definitely. Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) So uh, I, I, I respect the juice ball more than anyone else. And what Adam silver has done with the NBA, where every single night, six different players are scoring 50 points. And somehow the 14 year olds on NBA Reddit, instead of going, huh, this is weird. I wonder what's going on here they're saying there's never been more talent in the league ever and what we're seeing out of these players is incredible uh, Donovan Mitchell at 71 that has my respect but the ne- the numbers are inflated there's there's some serious inflation going on in the NBA and uh i don't know man it's 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 wild to witness it's wild to witness cuz it feels like it feels like i'm being kind of like lied to by people in basketball media that i thought were smarter than this but at the same time I don't know if they're doing a bit like that where they're you
1: guys all in on it. Are you in on it? Because yeah. yeah.
0: Is this a work or a shoot? I can't tell what's going on. Like is is like we all we all realize that this is bullshit, right? That like every single night someone's scoring 55 points a game, at at a certain point, it stops being about how awesome the players are and it starts being about like, okay, so what's going like clearly these these defenses are getting neutered to an extent that like none of this is impressive anymore. If every single game someone's scoring 50, then a fifty-point game isn't a fifty-point game anymore, right? And then the NBA media people are like, "No, wrong. This is sick." Because I think I think in December, I, th- I think it was KOC said that. Uh, I think I saw his tweet that are, they set the record for the most uh, fifty-point games in NBA history for individual players in this past December, and the, d- the month of December in NBA, I, th- I think was it all a record started. Set.
1: It all started in the bubble. I mean, TJ Warren had fifty in the bubble, and everyone went crazy. And I feel like the Adam Silver, you know. NBA said we need more of this we need more 50 point games people love it and now it's gotten to the point where 70 points is the new 50 points I said that to you a while ago but that that's why Donovan Mitchell has my respect because he did it on 34 shots and now he goes to the free throw line you know makes 20 free throws but in general after the game I was really I I, first off I love this Cavs team in general I'm, I'm a big fan of this version of the Cavs but after Donovan Mitchell's like I mean shout out to my teammates I know I had 71 but it was kind of like within the con like within the flow of the game. If you can score 71 points within the flow of a game, the ball is juiced. The game is juiced. The ball's juice. Yeah. The offense is juiced, right? Yeah. That's it.
0: The rims are too big. The uh there's a lot of ways you can juice a basketball, by the way. A lot of ways. I won't go into them here. Just Google them. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's, not, it's not that I'm not going into them because I can't think of them. I I can. I can think of them. I have I have like eight different reasons on the tip of my tongue. I'm just not gonna say them. I'm not going to do your job for you. You, 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 the listener, have to go look that up. Is Donovan
1: Mitchell the do Cavalier ever? That's really the question that I. Whoa, have. I think so. I mean, he 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 took the reins within three months.
0: Who would even? I mean, <laughs>
1: I don't know. That's a great question. Is it Mitchell or Kyrie? It. I mean, you tell me, Kyrie, Kyrie the shot, but I mean, Brad Mitchell.
0: Doherty, Ooh, Brad Doherty,
1: uh, Mark Price,
0: Mark Price is up there. <laughs> Craig ELO, obviously, obviously. <laughs> i think larry nance has
1: to be up there right right cold-blooded
0: yeah i mean won the first slam dunk contest right in a Cavs uniform right so um that certainly comes to mind uh <laughs> um yeah i don't I, I i'm i'm obviously a little tongue-in-cheek talking about the nba but at the same time i'm not and that's that's where i've arrived with uh as as i ask all the nba media are we being serious or not serious i'm trying to figure that out with myself where it's like i mean i I I am impressed. I don't want to say like fifty points is not impressive, and sixty point games are not impressive. But at the same time, like it's hard to care when every single night, multiple people are scoring fifty points in a game. Right? It's crazy. It's crazy.
1: Right. I I have a feeling. I have a feeling that someone is going to go for the Wilt record at this rate, and that someone is going to be Luka Doncic. And it's yeah, yeah, has the ball in his hand enough to do it. And it's
0: weird that, that if, if you raise this concern, you come across as like a, a hater, a, a hater or like a, a, an old head that like wants to go back to the slug fest where it's like 71 to 64 NBA games. And that's not exactly what I want, but yeah, I mean, it would be cool if defense mattered again. And, and I get the, like, you know, like the, the, the people that drink the NBA Kool-Aid say that, that these guys are trying, you know, cause like if you're an NBA hater, like, they're, they they do not even try on defense. Um, and they certainly do not try. I, I, I think it's irrefutable. They do not try as hard as college players try in defense. They, they don't. I don't understand. God damn it. I'm going to make this show so much longer than I would plan on it. But I don't understand how if, if I, a college, more of a college guy was to say they don't try on defense in the regular season in the NBA, I would get attacked as a hater, as a guy who obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. You don't understand how skilled these guys are on offense in the NBA these days. You have no idea what you're talking about. Yada, yada, yada. But then, at the same time, if I was to say something like, "I think the Grizzlies, uh, because they have a great record, could could win the NBA title," Um, that would get a lot of pushback because they'd be like, "Yeah, okay, so they win games in the regular season, but wait till the playoffs when like defenses are turned up and like this, you know?" (laughs) Like you said, defenses are already turned up, and they're. Um, So I don't understand. We live in both both of those worlds, but also, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I would love whether it's because the guys are skilled or not, whatever the reason. I don't care how we got here. I just want like, I, I want defense to to be played in the NBA. I, I don't I, I understand the position we've got in. Like it's impossible to guard some of these guys. I just I'm just saying like maybe bring hand checking back. Maybe bring back, um yeah. I don't know. That's the or that's physical the shit. Thing like thing I don't they do, uh, yeah. in
1: Is to to get rid of the three second rule and to bring back hand checking. So then Rudy Gobert can just stand underneath the basket and swat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like let, I think you're right. Like that's that's the way to fix the NBA in my opinion.
0: I think you're right. I I I I I seriously do think something has to be done. So because I because it's it, it's you're you're doing your plays a disservice when Donovan Mitchell has 71 points, and I'm not I'm not 100 like holy shit that's incredible and wanting to call people. My first thought is like, all right, but what was the context? And I need to know more. You know, and that's insane that that, that the league has arrived there where the the. Giannis is 40 and 20 every night, it feels like. And LeBron is four, you know, it's just like what, what are we what are we doing here? What are we I, I remember when scoring 25 points in a game was good. And that, that, was, that was
1: like your your third best player has 25, you know?
0: DeMar DeRozan, I think, had 44 in the Donovan Mitchell game.
1: Right. Nobody gives a shit.
0: Right. Nobody cares. Yeah, I scored 44 points in game. he yeah, scored 44 points in a game. Nobody cares. Um, my final shout out, and this is an important one. I should have led the show with this is a uh, Kathy. I don't know what her last name is, uh, but she makes a damn good chocolate chip cookie and she was selling it at the Rose bowl. And, um, I went to my first Rose bowl Tate yesterday.
1: Nice. It was an
0: impromptu thing. No, no rhyme or reason. I woke up. I thought I live in LA. Uh, I, I, I've always wanted to go to the Rose bowl. I was going to go to the Ohio state one last year, but, uh, my girlfriend's brother's house burned down like right before the game. <laughs> uh in colorado and there was like emotional turmoil amongst the family and we were just in a weird spot and like i and then also i thought i i thought we were still gonna have to wear masks the rose bowl if i remember right there's still like some doubt as to whether california yeah. would allow yeah so uh and, and then on top of it like the ohio state vibe leading up to that rose bowl last year was not great and everyone is opting out and the program is like we don't even want to be here and yada 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 so like i think i'll sit this one out um but I've lived in LA for a while. I've never gone to a Rose Bowl. I woke up yesterday and I was like, you know what? I should just do it. There's no right, there's no reason not to go if I live here and, and I have nothing else going on. And it would be fun. I want to go check out my first Rose Bowl. Bought the cheapest ticket, sat at the top of the stadium. Yeah. Wasn't a bad seat. Uh great, great, great stadium in that regard. Bathrooms leave a lot to be desired, if I'm being honest. Uh, not Mackey Arena. Um it, it is Mac arena and that it, there's not a bad seat in the house, not mac arena bathrooms, though not my not my standard of bathroom. but uh there was a so in the second half, Penn State starts pulling away a little bit. Cam Rising gets hurt in the Rose Bowl again yet again, um and Penn State starts pulling away a little bit and it starts raining, which is bullshit because that's not part of the Rose Bowl experience
1: right um and it's I don't been care so much in l a It's been honestly, yeah, it, it's been ridiculous.
0: Um and I and I don't care about either team really. Uh, I was definitely cheering for Utah. You will not find me cheering for Penn State football in any way, shape, or form. I'll cheer for Penn State basketball. I like Micah Shrewsbury. Um, I will not cheer for Penn State football under any circumstances the rest of my life. Uh, so I was cheering for Utah, but I I you know I didn't really care that much. And Penn State starts winning, so I'm like, eh, might be time to leave. Let's get the hell out of here. Right. Um, so I'm leaving, and as I'm walking out, there's this cookie truck tape there's a, there's a truck selling cookies. That's all they sell. And I'm seeing these people leave the truck of cookies with literal buckets full of cookies. There are 36 cookies in a bucket, a little plastic bucket of cookies. And, uh, I'm saying to myself, there's a long walk back to the car. We're in the rain. Uh, I am a fat man at heart, even though uh, I get skinny shamed every time I post a picture of myself on the internet. Um, it's because I'm, I'm trying to outrun my fat self. And I see these this bucket of cookies, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna get some cookies. I wait in line. I get the bucket of cookies, Tate. And when I tell you this is the best chocolate chip cookie I've ever had in my life, and I'm a man who has eaten. I again, I'm a fat man. I have eaten. (laughs) I've I've driven multiple miles out of my way to go to places that I've heard of good cookies. (laughs) I've I've gone on quests for good cookies before in my life. Kathy's cookies. At the Rose Bowl, was the I, I I was eating these cookies on the drive home, and all I was I was the guy on the flight saying I want to shake her hand. That was all I could think. Cause I, like, I I Kathy Kathy I want to I shake yeah. your hand. So I I just I have no choice but to shout her out. I don't know who this woman is. I looked up the website. Um, they they I think they only do food trucks like around L.A. They they, they don't even have a store anywhere. It's just like they go to like sporting events and concerts and shit. And there's a there's a tab on the website that's like our products, and you click on the our products. And it's just pictures of cookies.
1: <laughs> there's that.
0: no, there's no, there's no description of what the products are. There's no, like you can order in this way, shape. Or, it's just like you click the picture and it's cookies. And then there's, you can't click on the cookies and it takes you somewhere else. It's just our products. Cookies. That's what we have. Bucket, bucket.
1: Yeah. We sell buckets of cookies. <laughs> like you come get them. You come find us. We'll give it to you anyway them.
0: i'm i'm not i'm not one that usually wants to shout out concession items after i go to sporting events but uh this was this was an exception and kathy your cookies are insane and i want to i want to shake your hand that's all i want to say so if anyone can put me in touch with kathy of kathy's cookies i uh just 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 let her know i love her really that's it i just want her to know that she's loved and i just want to give friend her of the big program love. officially yeah friend of the program she's a Got friend of the program
1: Some kathy cook-
0: come on the show and uh and let's talk about After your cookies <laughs>
1: okay. we'll, we'll come there and do a show at your cookie star uh, cookie if you're
0: if you're ever any of the friends of the program if you're ever in the la area and you are um <laughs> at at some event and you see kathy cookie truck you go up there you order yourself a bucket you tell them titus sent you they will have no idea what the fuck that means doesn't matter tell them anyway get the bucket thank mm-hmm. me later there you go
1: i love it that's a so, great final shout see. out
0: that's it. Um, we're back, dude. We're back. I'm excited. No more holiday breaks, right? Or do we take Valentine's Day off? I can't remember.
1: We do not. We do not. <laughs> Honestly, taking off like that week after Christmas felt like we took off ten weeks. You know what I mean? It, it really was, did. It was really one week, but I feel really like I felt disconnected from the world, and it's nice to be back and talking to you about what's happening in the sports world. I needed someone. I needed a confidant. Um, and this—that's what this show is for. You know, you and it's, I, I, can, I, I. I had part, part of me was. Out.
0: Part of me is like, why did we take off? We should do the show. Because I know you, you and I were texting and calling each other uh, in, in the off week anyway, talking about all the shit we were watching. But uh, I was like, why, why why are we not doing a podcast? And then I listened to uh uh Kyle on Racilla's show. And Racilla goes, the one where Sarah Walsh was on the show not too long ago. It was right yeah. before New Year's. And Racilla goes, Kyle, do you have any New Year's plans? And Kyle goes, uh, I'm working. And Racilla goes... <laughs> I can't help but think that that's a dig at at me and Bill. And Kyle was like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. And uh, I hear that
1: as as someone who's been there recording those episodes the day after Christmas, one time I did it on Christmas Eve and uh, New Year's Eve. I, you know, we, I, Kyle, I love you. I feel you. I commiserate. What a time.
0: So I guess that's, that's, that's where I was reminded. I was like, why are we taking off? And I was like, well, you know, maybe we, Maybe Jim's not quite as happy to come back and do the show, and the some of the crew we have at Fox. Maybe they're
1: not quite as pumped up to uh right. to work right. on a holiday as, as Tate and I would be. <laughs> maybe maybe you just get to hang with your family for a little bit. Uh,
0: but unfortunately for them, we do not give a shit about Valentine's or St. Patrick's. We're we are, we are or President's Day or whatever the hell else we have between now and a national championship. We are out back on our normal schedule. And we yes. are ready to rock. Yeah, so we're going to do that. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you later this week. Happy
1: 2023. You're an effing clown. 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 You're an effing clown.